This is D'Lo Brown right here, right now. You're listening to WPOB Global. You're looking at the real deal now. Hey fans, welcome back to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. With me, my happy and looking very Christmassy co-host, the Lone Wolf Andy Anderson. Andy, welcome oh, back. Oh, oh, all aboard. Hi, Santa. Oh, oh, oh Trey. And also his uh, son from another woman. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> Elio Canellis. How you doing, Elio? It's good to be here. I see what you did there. I, I didn't get down with myself. It was with another elf. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay, you're on fire tonight. I'm enjoying some joy. Andy, you are wide awake. What have you been doing? What, what are you drinking? What's in that cup there? That's insane. <laughs> oh, he's hyped up on ginger ale, boys and girls. Cranberry diet, ginger ale. Diet cranberry ginger ale. That aspartame is hitting his funny bone. <laughs> I'm not gonna it's laugh. Red, it's it's red like my face and red like my hat. You win. <laughs> you know what? Is that the lemonade? I bought some of that too, though, because I saw you have it last week. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot all about that. So I got me some diet lemonade. But but tonight I didn't even get a cup. I'm going straight out of the bottle. Now I I too okay. I also am a straight up uh, diet soft drink fan. Okay. Yeah. Because I have I I have um, diabetes, so. I have to watch my stuff, but I got to tell you, of all those diet drinks, the one that is by far for me the favorite, President's Choice Diet Ice Tea. Oh, holy crap! That stuff's good. That's scary good. It's better than their regular <laughs> iced tea. It's it's bizarre. But <laughs> yeah. uh, so, anyways, let's get into tonight's program, boys and girls. Some we business. Have, we have some good stuff to talk about. We're going to take a first of all a look at our hot topic of the week. Our hot topic of the week uh, actually had some pretty good response for it. And we're going to go over a couple of those. There are so many of them that we're just actually going to have to delve into a couple of them. But today's topic is what do you guys think this year of Miro? We've seen him repackaged. Um, before we get into asking your guys' opinion, I'm going to throw this out there. Is Tony Khan recently talked about Miro in an interview. And they asked him, well, why didn't Miro come out as a main eventer right away? And like we've said that, we've asked why, you know. Yeah. Uh, they threw out Lance Archer. They threw out uh, a bunch of other guys that just came out and, you know, uh, went right to the top and then settled in. Why is Miro going to the bottom? And I just want you guys to hear what he said, and then I'm going to get you guys to react to it on your turn here, okay? okay? What Tony Khan said is he felt that the WWE had screwed up Miro so badly and devalued him so badly that he felt that they have to build him up from the bottom and rebuild him into a credible star. Now, Andy, I can see the gears turning in your head there. <laughs> Weigh in on mural that you've seen here in AEW and Tony Khan's assessment of having to rebuild mural. And is he doing it? <laughs> uh, go ahead. I'll let you tackle this one. Well, you know what? The only, I think, positive thing that I'll, say to this is especially because of how tonight's episode of dynamite ended is what i saw tonight from miro was 
better than how long has he been with the company now? Oh. Six months, seven months. Okay. Tonight, there was, tonight I saw more out of him than I have in his entire tenure with AEW. And to me, uh, I think they could have done tonight. They could have done that six months ago or whenever he made his debut. Mm -hmm. And I think it would have been, actually, I still think, I think it would have been better because I don't, I don't, I get about the whole devaluing thing, but I think people knowing that he was coming in here with a fresh start, you know, I, mm -hmm. I don't think I made a difference. I, I, I still think that they've wasted six months of Miro and what I saw tonight, I loved it. True. But it's, let's face it. Is it, I mean, they could have done this months ago, wouldn't you think? Well, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like even from the get go, they mm -hmm. could have, they could have done tonight. Yeah. From his debut. And to me, like a, that would have been just as good, if not better than what we've been given. Okay. So, but so, okay. I agree. Okay. And we'll get into fans what exactly happened, but I mean, um, do you agree then with Tony Khan that he was that devalued coming in? Like, cause what he's saying is it took him so long to get to this point. Or do you feel it could have been right off the hop? They could have done this. I think right off the hop, they could have done this. I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, you can say on one hand, what, you know, was he devalued or whatever? Was he kind of just, yeah, he was, but I think within the realm of pro wrestling, uh, you know, people, you, you, you can tell when there's something good and it's, you know, it's got, it's like, it's being pushed down. And I think that's what happened with Miro. And I think we all knew that. So I think, you know, we, we want to give wrestling fans credibility. You want to, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt that they're smart. Mm -hmm. Miro could have came in there and he could have leveled Orange Cassidy. He could have leveled the best friends uh, right from day one. And I like, again, it's still would have, like everybody, I think would have been like, it would have been like a breath of fresh air. It would have been the, ah, this is what we've been waiting for. This is what WWE wouldn't give us. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, instead we got, really, you came from, you came from WWE and you're doing this. It's like, you're almost making WWE look like they gave a major push. So no, I, I disagree. I agree in the devaluing mm -hmm. of Miro, but I disagree in the fact that they didn't need to uh, build him from the ground up. Okay. I, I think it just would have been, people would have been, you know, it's like the chains, you know, I'm free. I'm free. You know, like, like the, who was it? Was that like Pinocchio or whatever? No more yeah. strings on no me. I'm free. I'm free. Yeah. That I, I think we all would Pearl have acknowledged. Trump. Yeah. Mm -hmm. or, we all would have acknowledged and bought into that. If that was how Miro was brought in from day one. Okay. Elio, how are you seeing Miro this uh, first? Okay. Show on you? And, so, and, and touch on a bit about the Tony Khan thing. So um, when he, when WWE brought him in, they built him up as this, uh, as this monster. And then um, after a while, they totally got rid of him and they let him go. And then I think once he uh, showed up in AEW, I think they, right from the start, he should have been uh, brought in as a monster, taking out everyone. Showing that like he's unstoppable and like who's gonna be the one to stop this yeah this newcomer who's mm -hmm. just like coming in, taking everyone out, running over everyone. 
It's like Miro Unleashed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you agree and, with Andy? Uh, with uh, Tony Cotton, yeah, I can see because uh, when um, when he was first brought in, he would he had like a lot of value to him. They could have done a lot with him, and then mm -hmm. uh, after WWE uh, got rid of him, he lost all that. So I think uh, I'd agree that they uh, devalued him then, but. Uh, I think AEW could have uh, picked things up when he, they've brought him in. Okay, okay. Now, I'm going to say, yeah, let's face it. The initial run here of Miro has been, well, it's been frustrating for us to watch it. All of us knows what he, we know what he's capable of. We know how great he could be fitting into the mix here. And it's frustrating to see him harping on video games and all this stupid lower mid-card stuff. You know, it's, it's not the place for a guy like this. Uh, when I look at Tony Khan's... Um, his uh, his weigh in on this and, and what he's saying, I can see that to a point, but then I take a look at John Moxley and I think, well, that's idiotic to say that because if you guys remember before John Moxley came in, the WWE did everything to tarnish him badly. Miro, they just sort of ignored a bit. Yeah. Okay. But John, they totally jobbed him out. They gave him silly crap to do to finish his thing. They made him as possibly as they could make him look like crap. AEW didn't stop and go, okay, he looked like crap. We better polish him and break him up. Yeah. No, they just threw him right into the main event and said, hey, he's a cool dude. Which they, why didn't they do that to Miro? He wasn't actually pushed down that bad. He wasn't made to look as bad as John had to endure as he left, uh, as he left WWE. So I, I, I just, I'm not sure why you would take that approach now when you have a guy who, let's face it, nine out of 10 fans who watched WWE and seen him come into AEW were super excited and ready for him yeah. right now, you know? And instead we got this thing. I almost think in some ways they came close to devaluing him more with the crap they gave him here than WWE did. I think they did. Yeah, and then my worry is tonight we saw something cool, but is that just a one-off? Is it back to next week arguing over video games and garbage like that? It remains to be seen, and I'm hoping not. Now, let's take a look into what the fans have to say. Elio, can you read the one of the – pull out a random quote okay. there, Ron. So Clay Cummings says, so far, a big disappointment. Love Miro, but please, AEW, do something with him. He's got way too much talent to go to waste. Yeah. That's a fair assessment. I'm going to have to agree with that. Um, let's see. Yeah, we holy smokes. Okay. Um, jo uh, Josh Sanders says, real close to being what he should be. And then they like find a way to screw it up. I mean, that is the feeling, is it not? Where you're like, okay, uh, they're getting close. They're going to do so. Oh, how could we go? So take such a far left turn from there. And there's uh, one more from Jason Stewart. Okay, what would Jason Stewart have to say? If this is what AEW has for him, he was better off in WWE. But WWE got rid of him. He didn't leave. That is true. <laughs> Fan, fans sometimes get a glossy look at what they think. Um, I think I think what he's saying though is that he was still, you know, what's going on here, he he'd be better off in WWE than having come here. Yeah. There, there, there is that. I mean, they've been known to bring guys back after a while, after a certain amount of time. Well, uh, it seems the consensus is that uh, it's been a rough start for Miro this year in AEW, but we're coming to the end of the year. Stories are turning around. We saw something today, which was the first real 
No, I'm going to say second, because at least he came alive last week on the uh, Battle Royal. We finally got to see him unleash as a monster a bit. So two weeks in a row, we've seen some flashes of brilliance from him. Let's hope it continues that way, because uh, I really do think they have a really cool talent here. And uh, it'd be sad to see it uh, to go away. Now, let's take a look at this week's uh, interdimensional, interpromotional, intergarbagenational matchup. WWE uh, versus AEW this week featuring Adam Cole versus, man, I hate saying his new name, Penta Zero L Sarma. Say Penta. El Mexicano. Let's just call him Penta. We know who you're talking about. We'll call him Penta. Penta versus uh... Adam Cole. Adam Cole. It's just I had one of those brain farts, so I'm looking at his picture and I can't remember his name. Okay. So, and this is the funny part. Okay, let's start with Elio. Elio, uh, in this matchup, who here is destined to be the bigger star? I went with I went with Adam Cole because um, okay, I had I had never seen anything outside of WWE. Then once he showed up with, and he put the undisputed era together, they've had some really great matches. And they, Did you say you never saw Adam Cole outside of WWE? I, I've never seen ROH. And oh, okay, really sorry. Okay, or New Japan or any of those. Okay. Right, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Adam Cole because uh, when he came in, put the Undisputed Era together, mm-hmm. and uh, they've had a lot of great matches, uh, two of them that they've had against Imperium, and then, of course, this past Sunday at War Games. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of really great stuff in these matches. So I'm going to go with Adam Cole. All right. Uh, let's hold over to Andy Anderson. Uh, I'm gonna echo Elio's sentiment. I I do. I'm mean, I'm a fan of, of Penta. I really like. You know, we've talked we've talked about it before. I really like his look. I enjoy his work. Uh, but just Adam Cole, uh, more well-rounded. Uh, I think the microphone skills go a long way. Mm-hmm. And just for what he's done, you know, even besides ROH and Japan and everything else, what he's done in, in WWE or more specifically NXT. Uh, I think having the large machine that is WWE behind him mm-hmm. can push him to greater heights. And you know, we know that he's uh, well-liked by, by Hunter. And I think that goes a long way. So, uh, you know, I, like I said, I really like Penta. But overall, I think there's a much brighter future for Adam Cole. Okay. Uh, let's weigh in, first of all, before I do, in uh, Rick Serrano III sent over from Wrestling POV, sent over... This is a close one, but Adam Cole is the best in the world right now. He made Pat McAfee look like a superstar. He's consistently had great matches for the past two two years, and that's undisputed. Okay. Oh, I see what he did there. (laughs) So um, I'm going to try and look at this uh, as fairly as I can. On one hand, we have Penta. Now, we we cannot deny that just from the pure look alone, of his, of his, uh, you know, when he showed up uh, on the national scene probably two or three years ago, his look was captivating. Nobody has a look like Penta. Penta had this, he brought to national problems. I'm sure maybe, maybe in Mexico there's wrestlers who do the same kind of gimmicky makeup mask combo thing, but he was the first guy to hit it in North America on a major scale. And people saw him and he had a look. You did not forget Penta. Um, he did a, yeah, you know, he quickly uh, rose up to become Impact World Champion. Uh, he did a lot of things out of nowhere. He had a lot of innovation and in moves. He had things we hadn't seen before. 
Uh, then you have Adam Cole. Uh, the knock on Adam Cole is that he's small. He's short. He might not be able to run in the big leagues. And yet every company that he's been given the ball in, he runs with and he runs consistently well. We're talking New Japan. We're talking ROH. Uh, he's made guys. He took a guy like Pat McAvee, who, let's face it, no matter how much natural talent Matt, Pat McAvee has, what world does Pat McAvee get into a War Games match mm -hmm. and look that damn good? Should not be happening. Yet, you can thank Adam Cole for making Pat McAvee look like a superstar. And that's part of wrestling. We've talked about this a lot on um, WPOV Quarantine. Uh, wrestling isn't just a one-way street here. It isn't just one guy controlling a thing. It's a, it's a team sport, even when there's just two guys. It's a dance. And it yeah, and it's it takes two guys to make each other look really good. And Pat McAvee has been made to look like a superstar. You know, he's been made to look like a superstar because of Adam Cole. Um, recently, I did a, a fill-in over on WPOV Wrestling, and he, they talked about how Adam Cole, I mean, in their vault, he's like 80% of the matches for Match of the Year candidate involve him on one side of the thing. And, and last year, it was almost the same deal. So Adam Cole has definitely really... He makes matches even better, you know? Maybe he has no right to. Maybe he's not big enough, gimmicky enough, strong enough, muscular enough, whatever. But he has that rare combination that brings everything together to make him a superstar. It's not the thing where you can just point out like, oh, it's his big muscles or his hair. Or his... He is the complete package of wrestling. When you get in there, no matter who he's in with, he is going to give you a spectacular match. I wish I could say the same about Penta. Penta as I've been watching closely, is sort of hit or miss. 50% of the time, he puts on a spectacular the match. 50% of the time, he seems kind of like floating in second gear. And uh, so for that alone, I'm also going to have to go with Adam Cole in this one because it's just overwhelming from what I see. Now, Elio, I believe you have a number for us. You're going to dig into your bag of tricks and find out what did the fans think? How did so they vote on this? 63% went with Adam Cole, while 37 went with Penta. Oh, I actually thought it would have been a little higher for Adam yeah. Cole, but good job on Penta. All right. Now, we have we used to have a uh, uh, a feature on here, kind of the who is, uh, uh, who is Sean. It started off as who is Marty, then it became who is Sean. And now we've kind of dropped that whole thing, and we're uh, in a new thing called Spotlight, where every week we're going to take a quick look at one wrestler and talk a bit about him. And I am really glad about this week's because this is a guy who I have been following for at least 10 or 12 years. Uh, consistently, I've seen him as one of the best things on any card. Uh, we're going to talk today about AJ Styles. All right. Let's spotlight AJ Styles. Talk a little bit about what we like about him or if we don't like him. And I'll throw it off to Andy. Andy, do you like AJ Styles? Do you dislike AJ Styles? And what things stick in your mind about AJ Styles? Uh, I love AJ Styles. Uh, I worked with him once in the early days back in, uh, in Georgia. Uh, I, you know, when you, you talk about like best wrestlers in the world, you talk about total packages like, uh, or complete packages like Adam Cole, I would say to me, like AJ Styles right now is probably one of the best, if not the best. It's like he can work with anybody. He can do anything. Uh, he can put over a storyline. He can tell a great promo. You know, his, his work is, to me, almost flawless. Uh, 
love, just love watching him in the ring. Love listening to the promos. Awesome. Awesome. Right. Uh, Elio. Promos and uh, wrestling, but I've been following him since uh, Impact Wrestling. Uh, so I've seen he's I've seen a lot of great matches. Uh, there's one with Christopher Daniels, and um, then his WWE run his Royal Rumble, his promos, and yeah, I just saw like his overall matches. He can make okay. any match. All right. I, I was jokingly going to say, well, I like AJ Styles because he puts his gloves together and it says AJ, but no. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, AJ Styles is a wrestler here that. I, I'm not kidding you. I followed him from back in the ROH days before he went to TNA and then on. And uh, he was a guy that I, you know, like all through the time he was with TNA and then they signed him to WWE. At first I was of that crowd of like, oh, they're not using him enough. They're not using him like they, they for a long time. They didn't have him in the main events. Took, it took AJ a while to win the confidence to, to, to move up yeah. the card, you know? Uh, but he proved uh, to the higher-ups in WWE, just like he'd always proven to us, that he was worth it. He can put on consistently great shows. He could be a, a very exciting baby face. He can be a, you know, a dick heel. He could, he can play the comedy. He's just a very well-rounded performer. He also, and, and I got to tell you this, Andy, you've been around many uh, wrestling arenas. You know, they always have those kind of, um, the barrier, the ringside gate, they always have yep. along the thing. And they're always usually the same kind, you know, the kind that's like a little gate with uh, on each segment. Like a fence. Way. And yep, yeah, yep. and it's up, how high do you suppose that bottom part is? Like, I, I can't think in my mind, you know, they have the little bottom part where you could stick your feet under and then it becomes the gate. Maybe like a foot. Okay. I'm thinking the same thing you're thinking, like, yeah. I'd always laugh because in TNA, or just blew me away, every time in the beginning that uh, they used to have AJ fighting Abyss, Abyss would throw him into that thing and he would slide under it. Okay, well, it can't be a foot thing because it's got to be a little bigger than that. Yeah, but it's still the average size, right? He would yeah. just squeak under the freaking thing, get up, hop over it, and back at him. And it just, I don't think I've ever seen any other wrestler slide under that one, throw it into it. And it's not like TNA was making bigger ones than anyone else. They were the yeah, standard yeah. size. So, um, but contrast that. Here's a guy who could tuck himself into a small thing like a little mouse under it and then come roaring off and nail a man as big as Abyss. And it was believable. He is definitely in my books. He'll, he really is like one of the top yeah. superstars of the world. And um, it's sort of funny. I'll even make a comparison here. As much, I've loved uh, Daniel Bryan for a very long time. I've enjoyed his work and I've seen him and people can, some people put him in a very high level in the WWE. And I recently, I just saw something where it was like some wacky moments and it had a match. It showed some cuts from a match between him and AJ. And it occurred to me that as much as I like uh, Daniel Bryan and I put him on a very high pedestal, I put AJ on a higher pedestal. I'm sorry. AJ is just a little bit more than Brian, uh, Daniel Bryan in the, uh, in the pantheon of what everything wrestling because like all the things you could say about uh daniel well you can say it about aj but just a little bit more and especially a lot more in the charisma and yeah. the acting chops so gotta say folks if you are for some weird reason a wrestling fan who's just listening to us and you've never seen aj styles wrestle um Check them out in the WWE. And if the WWE is not your thing, if you're just like, ah, you're a big, I hate a WWE. That's why I listen to you guys. Cause you talk mostly AEW. Well, you know what? Go back and look back at old TNA stuff. Uh, go back and look at new Japan. 
Hell, go back and look at some early ROH and every match of AJ Styles delivers. And uh, I just think he's a superstar who, in the end, you know, the only uh, detractor for him is, is he's in the WWE in a company that has worshipped giants forever. And he's not a small guy. I, I, wanna, I want you fans to understand something. For all of you say, well, he's a small guy. He's a, taller than you probably average listener <laughs> he's 5'10 5'11 he's not just yeah maybe when you're standing in there with six foot six so and so you look small he is a normal average guy okay so let, let's get that i always hate that when people well, he's a small guy dude you're five foot eight and you're telling me that aj styles is a small guy oh yeah all right <laughs> so um before we go into our aew breakdown of the week i thought it would be interesting and uh elio uh, I know, Andy, you said you weren't going to. Elio, did you check out uh, Impact Wrestling this week? Yep. Or at least specifically see the interview with Don Callis? No, I watched and... the whole show. Okay. Uh, you probably did not, right, Andy? I did not, no. Okay. Now, uh, folks, basically, they did an interview. It was con- we, we were all wondering about this. What exactly would be uh, the extent of this sort of AEW slash Impact crossover? Okay. Uh, in one side, it seems like a very lopsided um, pact. You know, you've got AEW here, and the, I guess the best way to manage is we'll just make up fake numbers to give you an idea. Let's imagine that uh, AEW has a million fans that watch it, okay? And uh, on the flip side, Impact has 150,000 fans. It's quite a big difference. You know, it's like at least six times uh, the, the the weight. So you wonder why would this giant company? allow their world champion who just won it to not only get into a mixture with this very small company, but I mean, think of the enormity of what they've done here. They let their champion, his very first public appearance after winning this belt is not even on their show. They send him over to the small show and they let him have an interview to try and explain what's going on. Now, you know what, Andy? Think of it this way. You, you, you've worked with promotions and stuff, and you kind of get the enormity of, of, of this kind of lopsidedness here. Definitely. What do you think? Do you think this is something that's going to benefit? I mean, it's obvious it's going to benefit Impact. I mean, we've seen uh, the next t- – today's numbers came out, and Impact had a 33% rise in audience. That's a, for On one hand, you say that's humongous for a show, 33% more fans. But – that 33% in actual numbers would compare to AEW going up like 5%, maybe right. 3 So it's not like it was a giant influx of new fans. What do you think? Do you think that, first of all, that AEW... Well, first of all, obviously Impact is going to get something on this. Do you think AEW will? And do you think it's worth it? I think the wrestling business as a whole, I, I think it's... Uh... Still early to tell, but it's one of those things that I'm I'm open. Like I'm not criticizing. I'm not condemning. I'm I'm curious, which is a good thing. I'm open to seeing what is going to happen. Uh, you know, there might be people that watch Impact that normally don't watch Dynamite. You know, they might be Impact fans, or you know, their their scope or knowledge of uh, the wrestling world is limited, and maybe they're not overly familiar with AW, and so maybe this is something that's like, whoa, like what's going on? So. You know, at least from the start, is it, is it going to you know benefit impact? You know, 
Wait, is that, that's what you're asking, right? If it was like, yes, is it going to benefit AEW? Because it's obviously going to benefit uh, Impact. I mean, yeah. they've already have a giant thing. Um, I, th- I think it, it's, it spreads the awareness of AEW. And, and who knows? Maybe they'll, they'll do a takeover. Maybe this will become a second show. Maybe they'll do some, you know, Impact versus AEW winner take all thing or, you know, maybe Kenny will fight the Impact world champion and, you know, add that to his collection. Mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of potential here. And, you know, we were kind of talking off air before uh, we started recording about kind of trying not to be overly critical and, and trying to just be positive and stuff. And I may not be with like that with a lot of the things in the show, but this is so unique, so different um, for what we're used to. I'm mm-hmm. like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm open. I, I want to see what happens. So okay. I'm willing to give it a chance. Yeah. You know what? I mean, one side, I mean, if I took like the hard look at it, it's like, well, impact has everything to gain and AAW has everything to lose out of this. Um, they already have dwarf by, by a giant shot of what impact does. So what can impact bring to the table? I mean, uh, and there's also the consensus of a lot of people are under the belief that if you watch Impact, you probably already watch AEW. So it's not like you're getting uh, a hardcore Great Impact fans. fan who's never seen AEW and go, oh, let's try them out. Um, but on the flip side, let's look at it, the richness that it does involve here. Um, it gives AEW some whole new slew of uh, potential matchups of big name guys instead of just nobodies. Because uh, one of the things that has been a bit of a, an issue here is, I mean, just look at the tag team division. What have the tag team champions been doing? Uh, every week they're bringing up a new team from Dark or from New yeah. Signed or, you know. Uh, so we're getting some okay, interesting matches. But I can honestly say, I don't think in the last three weeks we've ever thought that the, the champions were in any kind of trouble losing their matches at all. You know, which makes... Uh, makes things kind of boring in a way it really does uh so it does add a richness and it gives it a buzz i mean we're all talking about it um and isn't it in wrestling is one of the places where you can say that any uh word of mouth (laughs) is great word of mouth any any publicity is good publicity yeah Yeah. so i i I like to see where this is going i'm intrigued um it's going to be very interesting obviously um Obviously, Don Callis is going to be an integral part of going forward on AEW, at least part of uh, Kenny Omega's uh, thing. And that adds a new dimension to Kenny Omega. And let's face it, um, we're not sure. You know, we always talk about that we want Kenny Omega of the old, but do we really? Because here in North America, I don't see much room for 30-minute, 50-minute matches (laughs) on television. so I think what we need is an evolution of the Kenny Omega that's been floating around for a while. I'm not saying the New Japan route, the cleaner character, is it. Uh, he's already poking fun at things about that. So it seems like he's evolving into something new. And that's always got to be exciting. Um, adding Don Callis to the mix, I'm not sure how that's going to go. I mean, it worked in New Japan because, let's face it, with the Japanese crowd, they probably didn't understand a lot about what Don Callis was about. Um, some people feel that he's a little too Indian carny <laughs> to be in, you know, in like the, the WWE has always had that impression of him. He's just a little too carny to be in, in the top. 
So it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Elio, what do you think? What do you see in here, buddy? Uh, yeah, I want to. I want to see what this goes. I'm. I'm intrigued. I want to. I like this. The way uh, this whole crossover is uh, starting out. So I'm just gonna be like everyone else and see uh, where this goes. But I like this new uh, can you make a character. This mm -hmm. evolved uh, version of the cleaner. Well, you know, one thing I'm going to say, this whole uh, North Carolina thing that he throws in his thing has already started. I don't understand started. that. What is that? I don't understand well, that. Well, what it is, is uh, it worked the first two times they were trying to get the fans to chant along. And it seemed to be working, but this week it fell so flat. <laughs> like, I don't think one person cheered along with it. it. It's just too much. People are just kind of, I think, just were like, eh, eh, you know. Uh, and if you but, remember, but it, it, it wasn't bigger than the Montreal Screwjob. Oh my God! Oh, we'll yeah, we'll get into that. that. We'll get to that. No, no, he said, he, said, he said that he said the same thing on uh, Impact as well. Yes, yeah. And that's uh, why. That's why I brought that up. And if you watched Impact, they gave away the secret that they were coming in on a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother! All righty. So, but first of all, I just want to lay it out there. So, guys, are any of us shitting on this at all? Are any of us nope. thinking this is absolute bullshit? Nope, nope. me neither. Okay. So it's interesting. Let's give it a shot. Yep. Impact. Impact is sort of like the rat, the diseased rat who never dies. Every time it has its last cough, something happens. It finds a piece of cheese and it rises from the ashes. And that's great because I really do want it to rise. Every time it falls, I feel sad and uh, I want it to rise. There's some really good guys working there and uh, I think they just sometimes need a break. And hopefully, hopefully this will be the thing that turns them around and really gets them up there. All right. So, folks, we are going to go to a break. All right. I was going to talk some New Japan, but I've decided we're going to we're going to wait. Next week is the finals of the uh, of the, uh, Super J Cup. the Super the Super J Cup and the tag team world tag team thing. And um, AJPW is doing something called the Real uh, World Tag League. Yeah, well, <laughs> we can call it that too. We can call it the Real POV, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that next week. The reason I'm not so hot to talk about this right now is when you look at the roster, guys, because of COVID and stuff, it's the same tag teams as always. There's nothing different. It's the same two tag team. You know, it's we've got the Gorillas of Destiny in the finals, and they're going up against, I think, somebody in chaos, which is the same team as always. And, you know, the same finals as Hiromu taking on, um, uh, what's the mask guy, El Desperado. So, it's like the same dudes recycled. And I know it's not their fault. They can't bring in people. But it's hard to generate excitement when it's the same people in the same matches and the same finals and the same tournaments constantly. So we'll talk about it next week. And who knows, maybe we'll be a little less jaded when I watch the matches. You know, the, New Japan always delivers when we watch the matches. But it was really hard with stuff going on right now to watch the World Tag League. It was just too much going on with the same teams and nothing special about it that it just it kind of felt a drag so we decided we're not really going to talk too much about it till we get to the finals okay and that'll lead us into uh, wrestle kingdom so all right we are going to take a break before we do i need elio to step up and tell us elio if you are a person who wants to write into the show and to give your comments your ideas your thoughts your criticisms whatever it is where can these people write in well, TJ, I will do just that. <laughs> yeah, fans can write in at, on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV One, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. 
Right. And did you know, fans, that we are one of many shows here on the WPOV network? Uh, there is also, right, right now you're listening to WPOV Global, which features me, Elio, and Andy talking all kinds of independent wrestling, all kinds of smaller companies, but our big breakdown every week of AEW Dynamite, where we go in and we try and pull it apart and see the, the cool things, the dumb things, the fun things, the scum things. We go through it all. Uh, Good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, and sometimes there's lots of ugly. It's professional wrestling. Oh, lots of ugly. Looking at you, Abaddon. All right, and um, <laughs> uh, you can find us uh, every Thursday. Is it Friday? Sorry. Every Friday, you can find us on the WPOV Network. Every Saturday is WPOV Wrestling. That is our sister show, the granddaddy of them all that started this, featuring Tony Diaz and Rick Serrano III, where they break down everything to do with WWE, except NXT UK. But they, every other show's on there. They take them apart, and they even compare NXT and uh, AEW, where we have the thing called the uh, Wednesday Night Delight, where we send in our votes, and we all decide as a group, which we thought was the better show of the week. Uh, then this one, I, I'm fan, guys. I'm loving this one. I, I love all the shows we do, but Andy, I got to tell you, I'm really been such a big fan lately of, of getting the uh, privilege to do WPOV quarantine. Yes, and quarantine has been has been some. You know, me and Andy love to talk real wrestling. We love to sit around, go forget the bullshit parts of it. We love to sit around and talk about wrestling. What really works? What's the, what's the matter in the bottom? Well, we get into that weekly on a Zoom show called Quarantine that comes out every Tuesday. We bring in guests from around the world. They, sometimes they're veterans. Sometimes they're legends. Sometimes they're up-and-comers. Sometimes they're new, old. It doesn't matter. We get a wide variety of guests, and we talk about a topic. And we, we strip away the bullshits, the gimmicks, the, the ridiculousness, and we sit and talk about the heart of wrestling. And we talk about the passion and the things that we see in it. And I got to tell you, uh, it has been the last five weeks alone. I have been, I, I come out of quarantine thinking, my God, I, I am privileged to be able to talk with these guys because it's not even a show. It's just me asking questions and, and sitting at the tree of wrestling and listening yeah. to all these guys, uh, picking down the fruits. It, it's incredible stuff, folks. Uh, we've had some big, we've been lucky you know what? I made a list of the last couple of weeks. We've had like Bushwhacker Luke. We had Savio Vega, uh, Glamour Boy Shane, Bruce Hart, uh, D'Lo Brown. And then I look, we've got coming up, you know, we got Kevin Sullivan coming up down the pike sometime. Uh, we're talking to Les Thatcher. Uh, we have uh, Dan Crawford and we have superstar Bill Dundee sometime down the road. We've got some great guests coming. And all I can think about is I don't think about all oh, the names attached to these shows. What I think about is that I'm going to get to hear what these guys have to say. To be able to sit and talk to uh, Bill Dundee about Memphis wrestling, that's insane. Yeah. You know, talking to Glamour Boy Shane about Puerto Rican wrestling, holy crap. This is, this is akin to, you know, and you might hear many uh, a grizzled veteran talk about it. This is the equivalent to back in the day of, okay, we're, uh, we're getting, getting in the car, we're hitting the road, we're going from, I don't know, you know, pick your, pick your spot. You know, you said Memphis, we're going from Memphis to Nashville. It's a three-hour drive. We're getting in the car with Bill Dundee, and he's going to tell us stories, you know, or we're going from uh, Chicago over to, to Kansas City somewhere and we got D'Lo Brown uh, you know dropping knowledge on us that kind of thing and that's that's what it, that's what these shows are like is like if you were sitting in the car uh, on the road with the veterans and you just kind of just you know open your ears shut your mouth and listen 
And you know what, fans, we offer this show in two formats. One is a Zoom format where you can sit down and watch us talking. You can see all the wrestlers and you can see us asking the questions. Or you can actually get the audio only version of this too, where you just hear us talk and you want to drive along and listen to us while we talk. We talk some incredibly fun stuff. I, I've The show is growing to, for, to just something I'm really enjoying every week. I even enjoy it when there's uh, even just, you know, no guests. The chance to sit and really deep dive for an hour and a half into a topic about wrestling is some really good stuff. So, fans, I'd, I'd encourage you to check that out. That that appears every Tuesday on our networks. And what are our networks? Well, I'm sure you have your own network you're listening to, but there are also a bunch of other things available. You can listen to us on Facebook. You can listen to us on YouTube, uh, iHeartRadio, um, Podbean, TuneIn, uh, Spotify. And I think that's it. Is there one more? Wherever better podcasts are found. Right. And where some of the scummy ones are found, too. You can probably find us there, too. Anyhow. (laughs) Anyways, we're going to take a quick break when we get back. Andy's going to flog T-shirts at you. And then we're going to talk a whole bunch of AEW Dynamite. Dynamite! This is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to the Wrestling POV Podcast. Hey, fans. We are back. And uh, Elio, uh, Elio... My goodness, I'm looking at Elio's father here, and I'm saying, Elio's <laughs> oh, father, <laughs> he's been on the whole train and back, and that's where he made Elio. Anyhow, yeah, I was just saying, that's <laughs> Elio's mother's gonna I'm come sure there's a joke about the, about, about the ho 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 train and the caboose and something. Oh, I, don't know. I didn't even think of the caboose. Um, <sighs> oh, I think about the caboose way too often. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh man. Okay. Um, before what's we die, this, what's in this Canada Dry bottle here? <laughs> the Diet Cranberry. What do you got in there, Dad? Yeah, <laughs> good thing you probably. Good thing you guys can't smell this. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't think I've ever thought of a good sentence that ever started with "Hey, it's a good thing you guys can't smell this." Anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andy, flog us yes. some t-shirts, my friend. Flog us some t-shirts. I have a wonderful collection of T-shirts in my closet. No, so not you yours. Want to buy... Oh, okay. <laughs> the times are tough. COVID. I, you know, I might sell some gently used. I got a great selection of T-shirts. Wait a sec. Are you ever going to be one of those wrestlers who sells his boots or his my worn trunks? Probably not, because I mean, I've only got so much stuff, and I mean, I'll, I'll probably never retire, so I'll always need my boots. Uh, that's true. And okay. I mean, you know, so everything else I'm kind of holding on to. So yeah, probably not. But uh, no, if you're not interested in an Andy Anderson T-shirt uh, from his own personal private collection, uh, may I suggest to you, good listener or good viewer, uh, prowrestlingtees.com backslash wrestling POV. That is the place to go. We have four, count them, one, two, three, four different uh, T-shirts for you to choose from. Uh, all great designs are all for the shows. Uh, none of them include Andy Anderson, which is a shame, but uh, maybe one day I'll get lucky and that'll change. Maybe I have to stop drinking the Canada Dry Diet Cranberry. I don't know. Uh, anyways, yes, four T-shirt designs uh, for the shows of the WPOV Network. They're available for $19.99 each, and that is in U.S. dollars. So uh, do us a favor, do yourself a favor, do your friend a favor, buy a T-shirt. I give that a five star. Excellent. And you know Thank what? You. Five star. I give it, if I was, if I was Hustler Magazine, I'd give you fully erect. 
wow, that turned awkward really quick. <laughs> you know, the best part of that whole thing was is sometimes when we do these Zoom things, well, we get, the best we get, part was all of it up until you said if I was Hustler Magazine. No, no, no that was the best part. That was the best part. No. But the best part of Andy Anderson, folks, and I don't know how it captures because Zoom is so weird. Sometimes I get a lag or something like that. When he said each on my screen, I just like, each. And it was like, what the? Kind of like like yeah, yeah. Well, you weren't going. You're just going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Let's get in to we AEW. Yes. We, we always digress. This is us. All right. We get into today's AEW Dynamite Television Report. Ah, uh, let's get into this, guys. Dynamite. First of all, thumbs up or thumbs down right off the bat. For what? For, the, for the whole show, do you think it? Will... Uh, okay, so full uh, disclaimer here, you guys. Into it all, but yeah, you, you guys know, good? I was a little yes. uh, late to the show, literally to to start mm-hmm. watching. So I was doing a lot of skimming. So for me, it was uh, I was trying to pick out highlights. Uh, I would listen to promos. Uh, okay. You no, know, I got bits and pieces of matches. So it's not really fair for me today to really to give, give full, it a yeah. rating. Yeah. yeah I, I'm cool with that, uh, Elio. How are you feeling overall, generally, about this show? I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. It wasn't a bad show. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say the the uh, surprising streak has been continuing, and uh, I'm I'm curious to watch NXT tomorrow to see how they rate because uh, I haven't voted NXT in four weeks, which surprised me. And at this rate, you know, AEW might get my nod, but let's see what I got to be fair and watch NXT. But uh, okay, we start off first of all. Uh, we start off with the hybrid two taking on the young bucks. Okay. And as much as I like to give the young bucks grief about certain picky things, blah, 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 whatever. Gotta say this was a pretty, it was fun. It was nonstop action. I mean, I'm sure psychologically there's lots we could pull apart here. Uh, But overall I thought it was exciting, hot opening to start off a match. Um, There were lots of things that uh, I don't know if I, they kind of threw me at times because I wasn't sure where things were going. Sometimes I like to think ahead of what's why this makes some sense. Uh, the hybrid kicking out of all of their um, finishing maneuvers. That, that surprised me. They got two or three finishing maneuvers that these guys kicked out of. Um, then they, uh, they teased quite a bit having the acclaim outside getting involved. And when they do finally get involved, they get chased off by SCU. So that kind of like threw me off. So um all in all, I uh, I thought though it was fun. It was the kind of match where it wasn't there. Was, it wasn't spectacular, but it's the kind of thing a casual wrestling fan would turn on and say, "Well, these guys are doing some pretty cool stuff." I could see how some people would hate. There was a hell of a lot of gymnastics going on. There were many times there were so many flips and and moves that were like almost like literally like dancing where they were assisting each other across the ring uh but sometimes you know what that's a bit of spice of life i'm not going to shit on it this week no this was uh, a fun match I, the my the highlights i picked out this match are when i feel i think it was in helico or jack evans like a power bombed into the crowd yes that was uh jack evans and then uh, i think into the way, acclaim he got <laughs> thrown into the yeah, acclaim. Oh, okay that's who it was and then there was jack evans uh when he did that splash onto nick on the outside keeping him from getting back in the ring well and helico had uh matt in the submission hold. okay uh i also was really and this is like this is sometimes where you think well is there more to this there was a part in there where they did that move the melter driver onto mm. the floor and like nick jumps up 
he looks at it and then he kind of looks like, what the fuck are we doing? And then went, oh, oh well. Oh, I saw that. Did it, right? Did that power driver. Yeah. Okay. And that I seems... saw that. That that was yeah. That was on the outside towards the end yeah. of the match, right? Because I yeah. I was like I said, I was skimming and I started to play. And I, I, I didn't specifically look for it. It's just that that's what I got to where stuff was happening, going, going on the outside. And I saw this. Now, just to be sure, because from that point, when they threw him back in, did they pretty much go into the finish at that point? No. <laughs> it was a little bit longer than that, actually. It See, seems like that should have been the finish. Well, you know, in other things like that. like Universes? You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, the guy should be dead. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, never mind. I'm, I'm, that's I saw that and I was like, well, really, they should just throw him in and pin him because that should be the end of the match. Yeah, but, it should uh, be. But then they'd went in this other stuff and did their double kicks and their super so kicks. I, I, and I their... guess really that wasn't that good of a move because I mean, if he, you know, they didn't break his neck or pin or him yeah, or put him down. But here's the part: the part that got me very confused in this whole entire match. Okay, first of all, I'd like to say it is cool, like the move where you grab somebody and you throw them into the crowd, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of fun, right? But isn't it stupid how the crowd isn't that big, but they just managed to throw them only into the acclaimed who just <laughs> happened to be at the one space where you don't even have to break your stride to change over where you're throwing him. You know, it just, that reeks too much of like setup all the time. You know what I mean? Even if it made it look like he had to turn slightly or aim the throw instead, he just literally threw him straight across and it just so happened. That's where the acclaimed were standing. So I always find that stuff a bit dumb. Uh, and I thought, and it, I thought it would have been cool if they'd followed up on it, but when Nick went to the top and did that jump down into the pile driver on the floor, that seems like that's, isn't that just like a vicious heel move? I mean, that's the kind of stuff you're wanting to hurt somebody, but there was no follow-up. It was just like, Oh, well, we beat the acclaim. See you guys. Not, not like, I, I just feel that if you were going to do something like that, you're trying to hurt one of those dudes and that you should play it up more and, and show that you're trying to hurt them. Not like, Oh, well, it's a finishing move. Let's do it. So that's Unless me it's off. a Young Bucks match. Yes. I, I, I'm trying not to be as, as critical. Don't worry, I will. <laughs> but uh, it was fun. I got to say, I, I'm very mixed about the hybrid, okay? Because as much as I like uh, Angelico and Helico, Jack Evans just doesn't do it for me. He's just a pure <laughs> goofy gymnast to – he's not credibly such a, a weaselly, small, flippity-flop guy. I just – I can't buy him. Flippity-flop flippity flop so um so yeah okay this of course ends with the big uh run in where we have uh uh what are the acclaim, the acclaim and trying to attack uh, yeah. which was it took forever like i don't understand yeah i didn't understand why the claim were out there all that time they get the, they get jack evans hucked him it took him that long before it even took him a while to get into the ring because the young bucks were like celebrating forever uh then when they finally get in there scu is out there and like 0.5 seconds they're like <laughs> when they're with chairs chasing them off so i'm not <laughs> somebody's got to work on some pacing here because <laughs> it just felt awkwardly long and then super quick um i guess that means we have the acclaim going up against scu first because that's twice now scu has run them off that's next week so yeah. already uh elio you said it was a fun match uh i know i know andy you're just kind of shaking your head thinking it's a young bucks match. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. How about Darby Allen sitting in the back getting psychologicalized? Wait, wasn't there wasn't there the MJF promo before? 
Yeah, um, but I mean, he, all he did yeah, was just all, threaten. All, all I did was like, like get all mad and say he's gonna beat Orange. Okay, it, it, to me, I liked it because it was just because of that though it was short and sweet. Whatever it was, it was like 15, 30 second promo. Mm-hmm. You know, and those things used to be, you know, maybe they're a thing of the past. But I like the fact mm-hmm. that it was short and sweet, no audio issues. Oh, okay. no audio issues. There we're was none of those tonight. No, there was none. We're back because I think last week we, uh, I think there was like one or two like cool, quick ones that got fixed. Yeah. But tonight, from everything, from all the promos and everything I saw, we were good. So, well, I think they've learned their lesson. To be honest, I think you don't have to do those promos live. And that was the problem: is switching the audio live backstage. Just tape them at a different time and start the show. I think they've been. I think they've been. No audience out there. I think they've been listening to our show. Yep. You're welcome. All right. <laughs> Them and two others. Sweet. <laughs> the other two were Rick and Tony. So, <laughs> anyhow, uh, okay. Dar- okay. I'm going to say that is well, the reason I skipped it is like for me, it just the way they've been portraying MJF lately, I find it hard to buy him as uh, he's the tough guy because he's so much into the slinky, yeah. scuzzy, sneaky heel thing. That one to see him up there saying, I'm gonna kick your ass just seems comical to me. And I just don't buy it. Right now. It's just not, for me, it's not in his character. Um, moving on to Darby. Okay, for once we get a Darby Allen thing that isn't a stupid art video, but wait, it's a stupid comedy video. <laughs> was that supposed to be funny? I think that's what it was supposed to be. I think that's what they want for. Just like they, they had they had all black and white and like in dark darker because to make it look serious. But I think they were going yeah. For I'm, I mean, and I'm I'm not even trying to be funny. Like was, no, that, yeah. was that supposed to be fu- that was supposed to be funny? I think they were trying to shoot it as a funny thing and it just fell. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just dumb. Like, yeah. I, who writes this shit? Is this Darby Allen? Because Darby, don't get someone else to write your shit, man. This is dumb. And then, okay, they end it with a sting picture and he laughs. Yeah. So, what is that? I know, right? Like, him and, him and, yeah. I just I wrote, know. dumb, stop swearing. <laughs> he must have swore there somewhere because it was. Oh, I think I heard him. Uh, there was yeah, probably some. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there was a few of them tonight. And I, I, think just, was, like, uh, I think um, he was. It was more directed towards like Brian Cage. I think they're building to Brian Cage, Darby Allen. Yeah. Okay, okay. Fair enough. But yeah, it was dumb. Sorry. Now talk talk about excessive. Cody Rhodes comes out for an interview and they give him his giant elaborate fucking entrance. <laughs> Like he's out there for a two minute interview and they give him his three minute entrance. But, but yeah. no, is it is it just me or is it is that's like a small stage? You just walk a few steps, you're already in the ring. Yeah, yeah. So why does he need that big entrance? Because he's Cody Rhodes. This is his yeah. goddamn show. Yeah. <laughs> he's not gonna let you forget that. Ah, uh, yeah. Wow. It just I want I don't want to dump on Cody, but it's just shit like this every single week. That just just shakes your head like dude you're just you make everyone it's almost like you're trying to make everyone look smaller than you yeah and it, what's the point of that if this is your show that you're trying to build up okay and you're not and you're not trying to be that guy yeah i'm not that guy as i'm being that guy. <laughs> yeah uh the, the fact you have to tell people you're not that guy probably proves yep. that you are in fact that guy. <laughs> uh, if you have to say you're good or strong or smart you're probably not that good strong or it's just yeah. the way things are um so okay so cody does his big thing and uh him and arn are in there <laughs> so they call in sting sting comes in stings it was nice to hear him talk 
It was kind of strange though, wasn't it? Like he was almost overly bubbly. Like he was like, it was funny because I saw somebody online wrote, look, oh, look, it's it's the crow sting talking like surfer sting. Yeah. (laughs) Which was interesting. Um, I always find it weird when Arn is, he's done this a few times. Well, I know where this is going. And he just leaves the, (laughs) like, why the hell even have him out there? I'm starting to wonder what his use is in this company because so many times he's basically like, well, I'm out of here, kids. (laughs) <laughs> and did, did you know that we we're in the jungle tonight? How do you figure that? That's what Sting called it. He was he's in the jungle. Yeah. Oh, it was he was talking such nonsense that I was just sort of <laughs> sort of tuning it out because it really wasn't the only thing that stood out about all his talking. Okay, I, I did catch him uh, uh, joking with Tony Schiavone about the whole you know it's Sting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the only thing that really stuck with me, and I guess that's what works, is you can have uh, ridiculous things in. But if you end it on a good note, I sort of liked how he kind of did this thing with Cody, where he just sort of left him hanging in the wind. And he said, "The only thing for sure is nothing's for sure." Yeah. Good luck, kid. I really enjoyed it. That was probably I, I, one of the better Cody segments. Just because, I mean, because, you know, they, they, they were, they were doing that slow kind of subtle tease there of like, oh, finally get to share the ring with you. And, and, you know, there, there's a little underlying tension there, yeah which I thought was great. And I, and I loved it. Like it was, it was good. Like it was, it was some purpose, uh, some emotion and, you know, if this is, we, you know, we, we've kind of, all along, you know, we talk about Cody's entrance and all this stuff. We kind of joke about it, like, oh, well, if this was like a big long-term thing for Cody to turn heel, well, who knows? Maybe with Sting, this is what this is what it's it's leading to, which I think would be great. Okay. Now, I found it weird too. Is right after that, uh, Elio and Andy's favorite uh, team Taz come out, and uh, <laughs> Taz Tad talks about how Sting had to be signed to save. Cody. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> you know what? I'm in trouble from a group of three really large individuals and a very angry troll. I think I'll hire a 61 year old man with bad makeup to protect me. Hey, come on. The makeup's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, Taz. You wonder why you're an idiot. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Then we get back to the ring. We have the varsity. Okay, hang on. Can we go back there for a second? Just because this yeah. is the stuff that I focus on. So, yeah. I mean, you got that out of that, but wasn't the other thing, wasn't like the big deal on that? His son was with them. Who cares? The guy's never wrestled. It's... Well, okay. Yeah. No, no, that, that I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. Okay. I'm just like, that was and maybe just, you know, like, I think I even missed the beginning part where, you know, he was kind of talking about Sting. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm like, okay, so why is the kid there? He's like, oh yeah, well he was training with you, but now he's with us. Okay. Yeah, and that's another thing. I skip it because it makes no difference. Like, it would make a thing if 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 a Taz's son had been wrestling for a while, like he could make a contribution or. He, but it just seems like this is the kind of shit you don't need to see. So why are you showing it? Like, it doesn't make a difference. It, it's it's to me it's almost the the kind of getting ahead of their guns or mm-hmm. I, I'm not gonna say not just jumping the shark, but it's just it, it you know it was the same thing with Hobbs. It was like okay, well he was sort of there. Mm-hmm. He was sort of with Cody, and then you know, two times later, it's like okay, he's turning on him. Yeah, but there wasn't really a lot of emotional investment. There wasn't like really a buddy buddy thing about them. Here, it's like okay, well, Cody drops it once in a promo that oh yeah, I'm training your son. 
oh, well, yeah, now today, well, look, now, you know, my son isn't with you. He's with me. If he's beating Cody next week, <laughs> the next two or three weeks, that's it. That's too fast. And, I mean, and I, and of course we had to give our, our honorary mention to, to Brian Cage. <laughs> Who better? Uh, he is like so eloquent he is the Shakespearean actor of our time (laughs) somebody give that man a cork for his name (laughs) okay Um, FTR versus the Varsity Blondes okay so we got uh, Brian Pillman and uh, what's the name of his partner Griff Garrison Griff Garrison yeah Griff Garrison Um, going into this I didn't know what to expect and I was like kind of dreading it slightly. Yeah. Uh, lately, uh, because I've seen Brian, we see Brian Pillman in uh, Major League Wrestling. We've seen him here. We've seen him other places a lot. Uh, he's very hit or miss. There's days where he looks really good in there. And then there's days he looks like play wrestler. So I didn't know what to expect in today's episode. And I was, I enjoyed the team up here, the Varsity Blondes. I thought they actually showed a lot of potential. And it really gave me some cool callbacks to the Hollywood Blondes. Uh, right away, you could almost imagine them back. You know what I mean? It was oh, yeah. a nice fitting tribute. Uh, um, I was like the opposite. I like for me it was uh, I wasn't sure about Griff Garrison, but he even did something in the match. He even did some moves in the match. Sorry, you you blanked out on me, and the screen went kind of a little oh, weird. What did what did you just say? I was saying uh, for me it was uh, it wasn't Tillman. I was uh, I was watching Griff Garrison because. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like full on the sky, but he did some pretty cool moves in the match. Yeah, I'm going to give him that because when I first saw them, I was like, oh, God, Pillman's the better looking one of these two wrestlers. (laughs) Right. Because let's face it, Pillman, if you've seen him in MLW, too, he tends to goof off a lot. Yeah. So much so you think he's kind of playing wrestling instead of wrestling. So when I saw his partner, I was like, oh, shit, Pillman's going to be the one to make this team. But then that dude for an awkward, slightly awkward looking dude. He did some really good wrestling when he got in there. He had some potential. Uh, I was very surprised they booked this as a 50-50 match. I expected the FTR to, you know, we haven't seen them for a while. I expected them to be a little more steamrolling over. A little more dominant. dominant. Yeah, and they weren't, you know. I I noticed uh, something after the break. What's that? I I don't know if if it was just me, but I thought I saw a throwback to Demolition when they had the one guy, one of their guys on the knee and... I think if we had a few with Dax or Cash, uh, we'd probably be able from the from the second. Well, probably. Yeah, and th- you know what? This is where it's bothering me with these breaks because we had this really good lead up. Then here in Canada, we don't get uh, the picture in picture, so we just went to commercial. We didn't see it's, shit. It's hit and miss because sometimes we do, and then sometimes yeah. we don't. This week we didn't. There was no uh, picture in pictures, and uh, so what the worst part though is the commercial ends, and it just ended. The match just went boom, done. And I was like, uh, there was such a great lead up here. It would have been nice to see a little more carrying in, but it just ended so quickly after the commercial, it, it threw me for a loop. I was just like, this is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like they, they said they showed that that, that uh, oval from the, from the second row but mm-hmm. that took place during the break, and then that was it. The match is over. I'm like, that's it. The one thing I took away from this match the most I mean, yes, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the Varsity Blondes. I hope we see more of them. I hope they develop. Uh, FTR, they looked actually pretty good this week. But the worst thing I took away from this, do you know what I'm going to say here, Andy? The worst thing I dreaded about this whole fucking match, this whole segment? What's that? 
the Jurassic Express bullshit at the end. I do not <laughs> want to see Jurassic Express no. and FTR anymore. I'm sick of it. You know, I do not need Marco Stunt. I don't mind Jungle Boy on his own. Hell, I'll even take Luchasaurus on his own. Do not want to see the Jurassic Express anymore. There are way better teams out there. There are a lot of teams out there. Be guys who maybe hang out together but do singles things because as a yep. team, they're not very fluid. Um, all right, we go to Alex Marvez interviewing Adam Page at the same place that if you looked at it, it was the same place, wasn't it, where Adam Page and uh, and uh, Kenny Omega like were drinking one time? Well, that was like that must be like his backstage little bar, yeah. like his dressing room bar or whatever. <laughs> no, no, we, we, we said we said that one. was that there where uh, Young Bucks uh, threw my No, you're right. It's where the Young Bucks came yeah. and gave him shit. Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, okay. Yeah. And, and actually, they're, they're giving us the illusion. I don't know if it's true or not. Or it's supposed to be someplace a daily place. But for some reason, while the whole place is closed, Adam Page manage, manages to find alcohol to drink there. Well, yeah. Adam <laughs> Page. That makes sense. So, okay. So he's sitting there. Alex Marvis says, okay, you got a big match coming up uh, next week. You against, um, who was it against? I dropped it. I can't remember who he's fighting oh, next week. Oh, oh uh, no. He's fighting three guys next week. And they said to him, well, you don't have partners. Oh, no, it's Matt Hardy. and oh, private uh, party. Private Hardy, party. Yeah. 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 Because, because, this is the best part, because Matt Hardy eliminated you. <laughs> what the fuck? That's okay. It was a battle royal. Yeah, let's hate him because he eliminated me. All right. Anyhow. Um, Urgh, it's like conflict. He, yeah, it's, it's not like uh, he jumped him from behind or any shit like that. But anyhow, uh so he doesn't have partners. Marvez points us out. Then, wearing sombreros for some odd reason, <laughs> up pop uh, the two guys, uh, Silver and uh, Reynolds, and they're like, yeehaw, cowboy, we want to be your partners. Oh, awesome. <laughs> he looks at them, basically says, nope, not happening. But then they're like, well, who? you have no other part. What are you going to do? And he's like, okay, you're in. <laughs> so apparently Adam Page has no friends. <laughs> And all you have to do is remind him he has no friends. He's a lonesome Pardon. cowboy. <laughs> is he? He was sobering up, but apparently not this week. Um, so he's going to join the Dark Order. Well, he says, "I will. You can team with me, but I'm not joining the Dark Order." Okay, so we're not sure where that's headed. Uh, then we have uh, Dustin Rhodes uh, with Lee Johnson and. I this must be a dark thing. They added this guy into the Nightmare Collect family or whatever. Yeah, they back. I don't know why. He doesn't look like he's any... I don't understand, okay? There's obviously maybe... Who knows if there's a story there? But anyways, he comes out with this dude, Lee Johnson. Uh, he's going to face Ten. And Ten is one of these guys that they, they show him every... It seems like once a month we see him on, uh, on uh, AW Dynamite. And I always think... He would be better off not being in the dark court because he stands out, but then he just melts back into them. So I don't know if the dark order is doing him any favors, <laughs> but uh, he has a cool tattoo that spells 10 on him. So I guess he can call him number 10. <laughs> so I guess that works out. Um, this is the only match for me that fell flat yep. and I wanted to like it. Um, I know Tony Diaz really gets on the case of Dustin about the half face paint thing. And I really think it works for Dustin because I've seen him without the makeup. He looks very haggard in the face and the full face makeup really kind of bloated, but the half yeah. thing kind of works for him and it fits his thing. I, I think it's an okay look for him. 
Um, this match, though, uh, I don't even know how to describe this match. I'm not sure how they planned this out, but it just felt very odd, awkward, and it just ended strangely. I, 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 it was a hard match to follow. Uh, I've, I actually rewound it and watched it again, and it, there was just something about the flow of it that just didn't work at all. And, and I can't put my finger on it. Andy, did, did you get? Did you remember this match? Did you watch no, it? No, because it, it was more of a fast forward. I okay. just paid more attention to the end with the yeah, whole the, uh, the evil Uno thing and the join the dark order. Oh, oh. Uh, if, am I not mistaken here? Wasn't at one point when Dustin left WWE and went to WCW? Wasn't yeah. he seven? Is that what the whole? I, kind I, of I, had, a flash, I had a flashback yeah. to WCW. Yeah, yeah. So it was, was a poor, it was evil, a poor evil, reference. Evil Uno okay. was like, "What do you say, seven? Like, oh, yeah. no, don't don't do that." And I, I, I was thinking, I'm like, wait, isn't that what it was with WCW? Yeah. So it's, it was, you know what? I'll, I, I mean, I for the most part, like, I like callbacks, whether it's in a movie or whether it's wrestling. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't I mind that appreciate callback. That. So to me, it was like, okay, like, you know, like, good job. I'll give you, know, I'll, I'll give you kudos for that. But uh, match itself, you can't really. No, I, I can't really, really say much to it. So how about you, Elio? I know when in the beginning of the show we just you mentioned that match right away as being the one match that you yeah. I just uh, just uh, this one just felt flat for me. It seemed off. Uh, could, like I don't uh, get like the this match seems like it just came out of nowhere. Dustin versus uh, Ten. And yeah, everything about it. I mean, if you get a chance, Andy, and you watch it, it's you know sometimes you can watch a match. It has an awkward build, and then boom, there's something that changes the tide. This one just felt so disjointed, and then there was no boom to end it. It just kind of ended, and you went, oh, "That was okay. That was it." Maybe they was it like they're kind of like they're maybe they're giving the office like it was just like okay, yeah, you guys go home kind of thing. Or I don't know. It just it it had a very poor pacing to it. I think is the only way I can describe it because it just didn't feel comfortable watching it. it. It just felt really off and really, I don't know. There was just something that registered in your mind that this was not a good match and. I, I, I wish I could exactly tell you what it was, but I, I just, you know, and I wanted to like it. I mean, I do like Dustin Rhodes. I don't care what yeah, people yeah. make fun of him being old, whatever. I'm old. So uh, <laughs> I, I enjoy I enjoy him, but eh. okay, next we get to, uh, let's see, we get to, the, oh, the inner circle thing. Oh, good. Oh, no, hold on. Let me go fast. I, I skipped something. Uh, we have the Shaq thing. Now, boy, yeah. Andy, uh, sent me, Andy sent me this thing, and I didn't even answer it because I didn't want to get into what we were going to say tonight. Um, so just let me lay this out for you, folks. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had Jade Cargill come out uh, in the middle of a, um, of a Cody promo, yep. and she said she's mocking Cody and saying all this stuff, and she said she had a friend who was a real giant and show him what, it, you know, what a giant can do, and his name is Shaq, and then she left. Then she gets into it with uh, with uh, Brandy Rhodes and the thing. They have this horrendously horrible, <laughs> horrible exchange. Um, then last week we cut to uh, we cut to Brandy being ambushed by uh, Vicky Guerrero. Um, what the hell's that chick's name? Nyla, Nyla Rose. Yeah. And and Cargill and they're beating the crap out of Brandy and they got her her arm in a, in a chair. And they yeah. jump on it, so you know they break her. Actually, arm we, or whatever. We, we saw that so that's again fine. tonight. We saw yeah, it again tonight. They should repeat that. Now, oh. so here's the thing. Now, you watched uh, this segment, right, uh, Andy? At least this part, yep. right? Yep. So okay. So this is so confusing because you're watching these people, and when you see their personalities, you're like, "Who the fuck is the bad guy here?" Brandy is coming off as such a bitch. Yeah. Okay, I get it. She got attacked by Cargo. I got that. 
So she's kind of hostile, but she's totally being a total douche to Shaq about anything, right? Shaq apologizes, says, you know what? All the stuff that was with me and Cody, I was just playing around on the internet. It was just some fun back and forth. I didn't really, I wasn't going to come in and do any, you know? And then for some strange reason, after baby facing himself up the ass, he says (laughs) to Brandy, hey, you should keep an eye on Cargill. You could learn a thing or two from a girl who we already is. I want you're going to learn to be super awkward in the ring. Okay, watch Cargill, I guess. We've never, she's never even wrestled. So I'm not sure what Shaq is telling us to watch. Uh, is it her shitty promo skills or her, oh, look, oh, look at my muscle? I, I don't know. Yeah. But then Brandy amps it up to a plus 10, picks up her drink, throws it in Shaq's face, and storms out. And all of us are sitting there going, Who's the bad guy? Because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I literally wrote down WTF. <laughs> and like it was like, what? <laughs> I yeah, it, 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 it's it it went it, uh, I I don't know what it is with AEW if it's like they're trying to like, okay, well we're not having heels and baby faces or we're trying to blur the lines, but it it, it it's like wow, it, it's the how do you describe it? You know, it's like you're watching you know, one thing and you get Andy. you get it's it's, it's it's the watching one thing and getting squirrel. I say, like, yeah, okay, we're gonna do this thing with Shaq and he's gonna be a baby face and squirrel. Okay, so yeah, so so Shaq's gonna piss you off, right? And he's gonna be like, like a heel, and it'd be totally you know, you're just gonna like totally you know spill your drink on him, and it's like, what? I mean, and again, and and I harp on it, and I and I gotta say this because you know you guys know, and I've said this before. I'm not a prude. I'm very liberal when it comes to, <laughs> to humor and everything. But to me, it just, I don't know if, if their use of foul language is because this isn't a kid's show or because we can do it because we can. I actually, I think that's probably the biggest reason is, oh, we can do it because we can. You know what? Darby Allen doing it in his thing, it was like, eh, whatever. I can sort of understand brandy is like okay well you're an asshole and whatever because you be, but at the same time when it comes off of such a lack of emotion and so not convincing to me it's just it's it's like they're saying it just because they can and it doesn't add to me it doesn't add any emotion it doesn't add any Ooh, she said this it's just Shark garbage family. it's just garbage to me yeah well, I think the problem here, too, is, and we've talked about this, is on one hand, AEW seems like they let wrestlers write their own promos and stuff, and they go out and do their things, right? And and that's cool, hit or miss. But let's face it, if you are going to do skits or vignettes, that shit should be run by, written by professionals. Because if you're going to try and act this out... I. I, I have no doubt that Brandy went, okay, this is what I'm going to do, okay, Shaq? I'm going to do this and this. And there's a big thing between what you think you're going to do and when the cameras are rolling, and if you're going to try and make a skit and you don't have uh, a script in front of you, I'm sorry, you watch SNL and then that shit falls flat half the week, half the time. It's it's hard to improvise and make something concise. It's easy to improvise for the ha-ha, look, we get the camera. Yeah. But when you're trying to sell uh, something of very important and serious, it's pretty damn hard to improvise that sort of stuff. And this just comes off as high school level acting, you know? 
you had the feeling Shaq was sitting there the whole time going, what the fuck did I sign in for? This is ridiculous. He really had that look like, what the fuck am I in here? You know, Brandy was like trying to be like Ophelia and fucking Hamlet over there, but forgot the script somewhere. (laughs) I it's almost like you know, like originally bad. they had plans to do something with Shaq, and it's like, oh wait, we got Sting. Uh, you know what, Shaq? Never mind. But I guess we still got to throw some closure on here. But here's the thing. Hold on, hold on. Here's the thing. Then does that mean that we the end part was just a closure, or does it mean that they're setting up that Shaq is going to do something, be drawn into this? Well, but even know. if he is, it's like okay. Well, I mean it. Can't be with Cody because now Cody's sort of with Sting, isn't he? You know what I mean? Like, it's like you're yeah, talking like convoluted, but, and it's just like so. But so, or oh wait, Shaq's gonna give the rub to Brandy and what? Oh. Cargill. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing though is it was so unnecessary at the very end for Shaq to throw in that you should do that stuff. You should watch so and so. Because then it could have been it could have been saved, but then now it just gives weird things. And you're right, and but you know what? It's all Cody hours, so it probably is going to be Cody. Maybe Cody and Sting versus Shaq, and then Cody turns on Sting. Who knows? But yeah. Cody's got to be in everything. Cody's got to be. It's the all Cody hour. They they change it to ACW all Cody wrestling. Got a bump. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get into uh, Jericho. Um, Guys, I am, I used to, okay, I said this, I was annoyed at the Judas song. Then I started to like the Judas song. Now it's just ridiculous. Um, you hear them going on and on and on. And I've, I've been reading things where uh, they've been looping it to, because Jericho was demanding that the fans sing the second time the verse through and they weren't. <laughs> so the last couple of weeks they've been snipping it and editing it to make it seem like the crowd was singing the song twice and they weren't it was just once and they just you know this time it came even flatter it just sounded like really terrible like people are starting to like oh do we have Getting to tired of it song yeah now? you know what i mean yeah, uh, and, and, and yeah. you know what i want to say to that can i just say really quick to that it's not necessarily yeah. a bad yeah. like bad it's just it's, it's kind of just it's run its course you know yeah. and, that, and that's a you know it's a baby face thing anyways so just so why let it go it? yeah yeah let it go let it go. Oh, Elsa. That's actually, you know, my son refers to, uh, uh, what's the name of that show called? What's it from? Frozen. Uh, Frozen. Frozen. Every time we go to put it on, he's like, yeah, he's like, no more. Let it go, daddy. I'm so sick <laughs> of let it go. Yes. <laughs> so my wife will walk around the house. <laughs> All righty. So we get into this thing. Ah, boy, how do we take mention? Um, and I've been wondering where Santana is. Apparently, he's so pissed off that he has decided not to show up for a while. <laughs> he doesn't even come to work. I'm sure there's a whole different story. For yeah, that, I thought I thought I read the, uh, like that re- read that there was some uh, uh, personal issues or something. Yeah, there probably is. I I, yeah. I haven't read anything yet. I haven't really looked into it. Oh no, but I, but, but I'm saying that's what I, that's what I read last week. That's what I read last week. At least they week. addressed it because they didn't address it last week. Yeah, yeah. Actually, did, did you say you should get? Did oh. you guys get a message on your messenger? Uh, no. Uh, uh, from so, Rick? Yes, yeah. yes, I did get a message from Rick. He wants us to put uh, MJF into the book because of his hands. <laughs> oh, the orange hands. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get. 
Yeah, because his hands were very orange during this. <laughs> did any of us even notice that? I didn't. I, I, I didn't not. know. I was did you just, notice that, Leo? I was just listening to the the segment. I didn't notice anything. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry, Rick. We can't really put it in the book if we didn't notice. You have yeah. to put it in your own book. All right. So, uh, oh, man. Okay. So we get down to the breakdown of this thing. Um, Jericho's talking. He puts this group together. They're supposed to be smooth. You know, the whole time he's saying this, I'm saying, well, you didn't have any problems till you brought in fucking MJF. So yeah. I don't know why you don't see that. Uh, MJF tries his little slimy. Well, you saw Sammy uh, with the towel. And, and, and a stroke of brilliance, finally, and somebody in wrestling says, hey, 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 we're not stupid. We watched the show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we saw you come down with the towel. And then he changes gears and he's, oh, I had sweaty hands and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, okay. Then um, it was sort of funny because did you guys catch that? Um, Ortiz is saying that he's kind of, you know, then he says, shake his hand. You're the better man. He, yeah. You know you're better. Like he uses MJF's, MJF's Yeah, it was, that was good. I like that. <laughs> yeah. And MJF, MJF actually gave this kind of look like, hey. <laughs> you know, so he does. He threatens to quit uh, the inner circle, though, if Sammy or if uh, MJF does one more thing. Yeah. Then the funniest shit of all had to be, they're all going to make up now. But then Hager goes, nope, wait a minute. I got a problem. Why is this guy always staring at me? And Warren was like, why is he always staring at me? And it was like... <laughs> that, was a, that was a fun little bit. That was I can funny. stop staring at you anytime I want. Well, I can stop staring at you. <laughs> and then Chris Jericho's almost like your dad, like, you guys quit staring at each other. Yeah. And they were like, okay. But then, <laughs> but then you can still kind of, but then we can still kind of see though, if you watch, especially Hager, yeah. you still kind of see, he's still kind of looking over and it's like, like that was like, that was good. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Entertaining. Yeah, that was pretty funny. The fact that they brought it up too, because they no one had said anything about this the entire time, yet it was there the entire yes. time, which was pretty funny. So I did enjoy that. So they they uh, decide they're going to work together, and uh, they're going to do their shit, and they're back. But you're still laying that seeds of MJF is still trying to worm his way. In. I like how uh, MJF was uh, trying to go the comedy route, but Jericho kept pulling it back in like this is serious guys yeah 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 you know what the one thing that bothers me about this is there was a subtlety here and isn't it the job of the announcers to and point out things and it really bothers me that they didn't point out that mjf came down last week with a towel to throw it in and start that nonsense but that was the same shit he did with uh cody rhodes Ah. The announcers never mentioned that or picked that up whatsoever. But what a way to it! It would have actually furthered the storyline, but it, yeah. they never said anything. Yeah. And, and Good call. It, Good call. You know, so that that kind of bothered me. And they didn't still mention it this week, even. Like they could have even said this: like, "Oh, hey, don't you remember he did that to Cody in the, before yeah. the whole turn and stuff?" You know, that was a Sean instead. Spears it was match, just right? a lost moment. Yeah, that was a Sean Spears. Uh, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so that that bothered me that the, the announcers and speaking about the announcers, we talked about this before we went on air. Jr. was like trapped in the eighties or nineties tonight because he was saying the most ridiculous, uh, old school but ridiculous old school like mocking himself sort of deal. Uh, which brings me to the next match, where we have Eddie Kingston, the Butcher and the Blade, taking on the Lucha Brothers and Lance Archer, and uh, he actually used the line on Bunny, 
that she was a Jezebel. <laughs> I mean, that's like out of the 1950s <laughs> wrestling lexicon. She's a Jezebel. Throw Ephesians at her. <laughs> um, this match, man, it's kind of nice to see Butcher and the Blade being treated like yeah. credible. I, I have It was good seeing them tonight. Tough. Uh, the one thing this set alarms off in my head, but but not, is uh, Penta being taken out of the match before he even touches Eddie Kingston. He gets taken out. Boom. And there's a part of me that's like, is that leading into some sort? Because the AEW, AEW does this a lot. Is he really going to go back to Eddie Kingston for some reason? Because he didn't mm. touch Kingston at all. And he hasn't really touched Kingston since this breakup between them. And then he gets taken out, boom, and he's gone. And he doesn't have to fight in this match. So you think uh, the match up? was good. You think um, they split the, the triangle of... up this fast, this soon? This is AEW. Come yeah, on. That's no. true. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I hope not. I hope not. But it really set alarm bells off to take Penta out that quick, considering he didn't do a run back in and he made no other thing. That's a weird sign in wrestling. Okay. I'm liking him for a little while. That sets alarm bells off, that kind of thing. So we'll see. Um, this match was, I thought Butcher and Blade looked really good. I thought Kingston really wasn't much of a on-camera factor. Um, and I thought Lance Archer felt strangely neutered in this match. He did not seem like the Lance Archer. Well, he didn't seem like the Lance Archer you expect, the way yeah. he usually acts. He, it's like he dialed it down three levels for this match. And uh, there was one part in this match, and I, I had to rewind to see what happened there because I, I was confused. And this is just bad camera angles. But did, if you guys caught the closing segments, you have Archer on his, in his corner waiting for the tag. You have Butcher and the Blade beating the crap out of Phoenix. And then you see Eddie Kingston walk by Bunny. Then you see some mixture in the ring, and you see them nail Phoenix and make the three count. And you're like, well, where the fuck is Archer? Why would he let that happen? But I had to rewind it. And if you rewind just at the very tiny corner of the thing, you see Eddie Kingston come over and pull Archer off the thing. Nobody says anything. No one points no it out. No acknowledgement. Yeah. No acknowledgement. And then you're left wondering, how did they get the win? Because we just watched like, you know, earlier matches where the partner come running in constantly, you know, and, and, and for me, that was just like that. That's poor. Um, that's some poor editing or planning because you know that's going to happen. You should catch that because it's integral to the match. Yeah. It's very important to catch that Kingston took Archer off and let that. That's how um, that's how Phoenix got uh, two on one. Especially so, if nobody from commentary is going to say anything either. Yeah. Not once did anyone say, oh man, it's a good thing they took out Archer. That's how they got the pin or no. Yeah. So that kind of weird stuff always makes me like, Man, I have seen indie wrestling matches where they make sure you see that, you know, yeah. on the camera. So that's just some, that's something that's got to be worked on because it detracts from your story. It, it really does, you know, and uh, it doesn't give you the, the direction you wanted. Uh, what did you think of this one, Andy? Did you see this one? I didn't, I didn't see that much of the match. I just kind of caught the finish. Okay. So that was interesting what you said about uh, Penta not making contact and getting pulled out. Well, that makes sense mm -hmm. why I didn't see him at the end. Uh, you know, not knowing the entire story with it, uh, I was happy to see the heels get the win. 
I was happy to see Blade get the pinfall. Uh, it was good to see Lance. Even it's funny that you say you know that you felt Lance Archer was neutered because even to me, just a little bit that I saw with him at the end, didn't it felt it felt off when I watched it. it just it seemed, yeah, it seemed off. So when you say that, I'm glad like that it wasn't just me and that was like something throughout the whole thing. Yeah. It was good to see him kind of start to get a little bit there. You know, he get, uh, was a clothesline, I think, Butcher, and then he was setting Blade up, and then Butcher makes a save. So I was happy to see that because it's, it's good to see the babyface yeah. get a little bit after the loss, but the heels kind of squeak away. So it's like, okay, well, this, you know, sh this shouldn't be done, so we should be seeing more. And I guess, you know, it could be interesting to see what happens with a potential uh, Penta little side story or something there. Well, and it was weird because they took out Pentaban. I mean, they took him out in the first minute of the match when they all first went, attacked each other and broke off. Somebody grabbed uh, Butcher. No, yeah, Butcher picked up Penta and threw him through the commentary table like minute into the match. And they took him out. <laughs> and I was just like, what's going on? That's, wow, that yeah. commentary table must be a lot more devastating than that Meltzer driver, pile driver <laughs> thing to the floor where the guy jumped 10 feet off the top. Rope yeah, and, and put the guy's head, head straight down. down. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but do you remember, it is the Young Bucks and they just tap a lot. That's why they can do 60 kicks because they have to add up to one. Anyhow. Right. With, the exchange, with the exchange rate. Yeah, the exchange rate. Okay, have you guys ever looked back uh, when you've seen like, uh, oh wait, first of all, sorry, I skipped Elio. Elio, did you, what did, what did you get out of this match, brother? Yeah, um, I just, uh, I have written down, it was nice seeing uh, Butch and Blade picking up the victory. I, I enjoyed this match. I noticed how they took Penta out early on in the match. Well, I also, what did you think of that move? Uh, I, I know I don't usually like to call out moves too much, but um, and I can't remember what they called it, a kilo con something, but uh, Eddie gets thrown, Eddie jumps out of the ring, steps back, Ray comes running, and he does a somersault through the middle rope and comes down, yeah, it comes down on uh, Kingston, like kind of a flip kick through the rope, but as a somersault through the middle, and I had never seen that before, and that looked dangerous as hell, because it really looked like uh, Phoenix's shoulders hit the cement before his foot hit Eddie. Uh, it looked, yeah, it, it looks, but then, you know, Phoenix does this shit a lot where he seems like he hits before he hits anything else. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, check back that it's pretty, I know it sounds, it's just as crazy as it sounds, dude. When I saw it, I was like, holy shit. Even Bunny at the outside was like, whoa, like, you know, everybody just sort of went, what the hell did we just see there? Um, now, what I was going to say is, do you ever see those old movies where they show you a movie from like the 1800s and people are walking around stilted because, you know, the, the flame rate is really strange. It's like jerky. And yeah. well, when they cut to the back and they showed Red Velvet being attacked by uh, by Nyla Rose and Jade and Vicky, yes. it looked like they were in weird, fast, slow motion. I was okay, like, that, yes. that's, that's what I was talking about. That's what I was talking about earlier. So when they said they, uh, they attacked... Uh, they typed someone back backstage yeah, yeah, again yeah. this week. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did it not look like they were moving normal, but the way they, it plus, you know what? It looked even phonier than the, the best friends versus Miro and uh, Saban over the video game thing in the back. This looks shitty as yeah. shit. Yeah. This was a really poorly done. Uh, so bad that uh, when Serena Deeb came out to do the rescue and then, uh, I can't remember who hit her in the back. It was like she stopped and went, oh, wait, I was attacked. 
it, it was not a good it was not a, unfortunately it was not a good segment the women wrestlers looked fucking terrible here it was very bad um so yeah apparently they're trying to get in our minds that neither rose and vicky guerrero are like really teamed up with jade cargill now wow but Can wasn't there like at one shittier. point wasn't wasn't like nyla getting treated like crap by vicky yeah they yeah. dropped that for shit like, like two nothing. minutes yeah yeah they dropped that like nothing dude um okay and here's where things get even worse with women wrestling. Abaddon versus Tesha Price. Okay. Oh. So Abaddon comes into the ring looking like Abaddon. And uh, she basically scared. I, I guess this is the thing that bothers me too. Is Okay, she's got this scary gimmick. And I'm sorry, but if your gimmick is, and I'm, I say I'm a wrestler and I'm in the ring, even if I'm just a jobber, nobody, and you're the guy who crawls across the ring with fake blood coming out of your mouth and makeup on. How am I really supposed to be scared? Especially when you're a foot shorter than me. <laughs> you know, it's not like even Abaddon's in imposing. She honestly looks like she's maybe five foot four, five foot three. Uh, she has scary makeup on, yeah. Uh, the fake blood and crawling around, that's... I'm scared I'm going to get hepatitis from you because you've been licking the ground. I, I'm not really sure what... Like it just bothers me that they're treating her like she, you know, she doesn't even have like at least the Undertaker would have uh, an explosive entrance and supernatural blah blah blah. She crawls out with blood on her, fake blood coming out of her mouth, and everyone's supposed to be scared shitless of her. I don't, I don't buy it. She's not imposing enough. Yes, she has scary makeup, and yes, she's taken away any semblance of sexy which they tend to do with women wrestlers so she literally looks like a zombie but still a poorly done zombie i've seen way better zombies on walking dead so she basically scares this girl into a win and then she attacks her starts beating her akira shida runs out now at first i laugh my ass off because shida comes in boop whacks her on the forehead she goes down with one shot and she's out and I'm like, fuck yeah, they just killed her. Nice. <laughs> but then she undertakered it. Now, here's the thing. The undertakering thing would have been cool had Sheeta hit her a bunch of times and then hit her and knocked her down. But really, Sheeta hit her one time with a kendo stick. That put her out. Sure, she came back. But okay, if you can just take somebody down with a shot, well, then turn around and hit her again with a shot because she'll go down. You can still, you know what I mean? It just kind of weakened her taken down with one shot because the shot looked almost comical. When she hit her in the head, it was like some shit you see at a jackass. I, I just could not stop laughing when it happened. Andy, what did you think? Uh, I will do a 180 here and I okay. will politely disagree with you. That's okay. Uh, I don't mind the character. I think it's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go, I will give it this suspension of uh, belief, suspension of disbelief, whichever... Mm-hmm proper word you want to use for it uh you know you could say that about abaddon we could say that about the boogeyman you know we could say that about a lot of well that's that's fair but but you know what but but i mean but that's that's what it is and that's what you got to put over and uh you know kudos to them for kudos to her for for doing something different uh especially as a woman and to me i just saw this as simply it was a squash match yeah, that's that's all it was was you know just to, to get her over to get uh, try and get the character over. The only thing that I mean, and you know what, and I and I'm even okay with the with the one kendo shot because it was right to the head and the way she dropped down, and it's not like she sold it for a long time. You know, it was just long mm-hmm. enough for uh, she to get over there and, and help her up, and then she popped back up. Which soon as she got hit and dropped, I mean, 
you had to know that was going to happen, that she was going to pop back up. Um, but again, like, I mean, it, it's, I, I was okay with it. Uh, I'm okay with it being different in this day and age to try and do anything like that. I mean, everything has pretty much been done already. Mm-hmm. So, okay. You know that that's where I'm, but not not so much from a, a female standpoint, and especially to this degree. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm kind of giving her benefit of the doubt. Uh, my whole thing with this, the only thing I don't care about mm-hmm. uh, is that, and I think you talked about this uh, yep. last week Sheeta. was with was Sheeta, yeah. and she's the baby face. You know, and, and it's almost like she's uh, it's it's like almost like two chicken yeah like it, it's, it's it's one thing where um uh what's the example i'm using here thinking of like ultimate warrior and like jake the snake roberts or something like that like you know yeah. like where you're not sure or with papa shango like you can you know like you don't you're confused you're unsure but i mean you know the warrior never really looked scared mm-hmm. and to me the way they're kind of having sheeta scared and a chicken as a baby face it it, it kind of loses it for me like if, you know if 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 she was if abaddon was the baby face you know this unknown mm-hmm. force or whatever and Sheeta was the heel and all that you know that's, that's running rough shot and all of a sudden it's like what the hell and now she's scared and she's doing this she's yeah. cracking her with the kendo stick and ha 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 then she pops back up whoa yeah to me that would make more sense yeah. as far as the storytelling goes so that like i said I, i'm i'm okay overall with the with the abaddon with the character with the squash match i just don't like the way this is positioned as far as your champion who's the baby face all of a sudden being a chicken and resorting to this stuff it, 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 it's something that you know we talk about and something that you, you you talk about on a regular basis is well who's the heel and who's the baby face yeah yeah. It's like last week she got scared from a noise off camera. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's more of a heel thing than a baby face thing. And here's the thing that bothers me too is uh, Sheeta even came out last week and said, Oh, a girl playing cosplay. I can play cosplay. I've done that. Yeah. But then she gets scared by it. Um, it, it. It kind of reminds me. Do you guys remember when they had um, like Kane and, and Daniel Bryan? And Daniel Bryan was like scared of Kane, but he was the good guy and he'd run away him and like uh brie it, it just didn't work then and it's not working now yeah um the part that really really bothers me in this whole thing is it took this long for us to get any personality uh, out of Sheeta, but then now we're painting her as a chicken shit yeah i agree <laughs> uh she's been this great champion up until now now that you're finally getting her to speak all she's telling us is that she's scared of this chicken makeup and fake blood who that two weeks ago that oh yeah well, i do cosplay yeah now if she had gotten in there and beat the living shit out of abaddon like whacked her around a whole bunch of times so much that looked like she killed her then she got up then i think that's credible enough to be scared you put down the thing you thought the evil was done whoa maybe not scared but definitely threw you off like holy shit what do i got to do to this chick yeah i would get that but to hit her once and then she gets up and then you guys are both terrified and clinging to each other and can't get out of the ring quick enough it really doesn't make you look like a credible uh, good guy. It makes you kind of look like the coward yeah. and it kind of makes she to look like, or it makes Abaddon look like the good guy. Cause you kind of came out and blindsided her and she still got up again. So that, that part I'm not digging. Okay. Um, where they're going to, and does this make it bad, Andy? 
that when she hit her in the head and she went down that I hoped she, I knew she was going to get up, but I hoped she wasn't going to. <laughs> that that was the end of Avatar. <laughs> There's one thing though, that, and this could be, I mean, this is one of those small things. And if, you know, if you're listening or if you guys take the time to go back and look, maybe it was just me, but the way it seemed when she popped back up and when the camera was on her, yeah. The camera always stayed to her left side, to uh, Abaddon's left side. And, okay, like from her left side looking, or, you know, looking from her left side. Yeah. Okay. From her red eye or whatever? Yeah, from the red eye. And it's actually it's funny that you mentioned that because to me, it looked like the contact had like moved and yes. on the other side. It looked like it really looked even freakier. Yeah, like it almost looked like it was like kind of like looking off. Yeah. To, it'd be like you know, like like a nipple thing, like where like yeah. one would go. And, and I, I was like going, I wonder if that's why they're kind of keeping this camera angle, just because it's like I don't think her eye is right. Yeah. So uh, like you know maybe the way she sold her something that it moved, and it was just like little things, but it kind of just made me chuckle. So I don't know. It, I caught it too, and I was like, wow, did she fucking scramble her eyes? And then oh, wait, yeah. she's wearing contacts. Okay. <laughs> but I can uh, tell you from experience, because I mean like. Uh, back in my early my early days with Puerto Rico and IWA, uh, mm-hmm. when we first started going, like where the, the lone wolf kind of came from, El Lobo Solitario, I wore like the white contact lenses, and that was before it really became a thing. Yeah. And I know there's a couple times. I mean, and I'm someone that doesn't wear contact lenses, so for yeah. me to learn to put them in and everything was all new. You know, it took me like an hour to do it, like the first couple times yeah. because it was just so messed up. But there, I know there was times where I would worry because sometimes in a match, something would happen and the way I'd sell, the way I'd close my eye and I could open up my eye and I could feel, you know. It shifted. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, if that's what happened, I totally understand. <laughs> but it was just funny. I'm like, like, ah, like, you know, you know whoever is the producer director is telling them, hey, keep this camera angle on her because we don't want to see her other eye getting all messed up. I guess in the end, the only concerns I have about Abaddon is um, can she wrestle? Um, I remember in the older days with Undertaker when he when I first started watching him, I never liked Undertaker because I thought he was just this fake, scary demon dude. But as the years went by, he started incorporating wrestling into his yeah. matches, and his matches became really fun to watch. I mean, you had a good wrestling match, but you also had all his trappings and things on top of it, which made it spectacular. If he'd never picked up the wrestling, if it was just him going out, hit, punch, kick, blah, 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 scary, scary, boogie-de-boo, not only do I think his career not would have went, lasted very long, I don't think it would have been interesting. Yeah. I, my fear here is everything I've seen from Abaddon is she is basically a whole bunch of scary looking stuff and some kicks and punches, and that's it. And I don't want to see. I don't know can 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 she give Sheeta a good match? Sheeta can wrestle. She can do a lot of stuff. Abaddon doesn't seem like she does much, and maybe that's what they're. Maybe that's tr- how they're going to compensate it. Is that Sheeta's so scared she won't be able to really wrestle with her? Is that maybe what they're shooting for? But I don't. But I just don't see Abaddon lasting if she doesn't have the chops to back up her stuff. So if she can do that, she maybe she'll win me over someday, like the Undertaker did. If not, she's going to fall in the realms of the Boogeyman who did jack in the ring except eat worms in my opinion okay yeah, that's yeah. my pov okay yeah, yeah. so okay that next we cut i hate it when chris jericho does this sometimes he does things so good but then when he does these kind of interviews where he's like you son of a bitch blah, 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 it just comes off so phony and it did with this one when he came out there saying he was calling orange cassidy things and swearing and carrying on it just came off as poor 
you know. Uh, the whole idea here is that we're going to do uh, is all the inner circle is going to go out there and back MJF as he takes on Orange Cassidy. And that brings us to our main event where Orange Cassidy gets MJF the winner. Uh, no, it doesn't. What did I skip? You missed the champ. Oh, his whole thing. I did too. I thought that was after. Okay. Kenny Omega looking like Ric Flair. Yeah. He's looking like Larry of the He came out of a goddamn helicopter for God's sakes. He had the suit on. I waited for him to go woo. <laughs> uh, okay, Andy, give your impressions on this. Uh, okay, where do I start? I, the reason I didn't reiterate it because he pretty much said the same shit they said on Impact that we talked yeah. about earlier. Which I guess would make sense because, but for someone like me that didn't watch Impact, so yeah. I'm seeing it for the first time. Um, it. Uh, I'll say this. Okay, from this from the get go, I've never been a Don Callis fan. No. Okay. No. Nope, me neither. He doesn't doesn't really do much for me, and it's uh, I don't know if you say like you said like the carny indie thing. It's, it, to me, he, it always seems to be more self serving, and it, and it seems to me like he's always kind of like working off of other people's stuff. Yeah, he's laughing at other people while he. Yeah, yeah. So, um, having said that, I thought he delivered it. His promo was really good. I really liked it for for what for what he said, how it came across. Uh, the story told a little bit of back history for those that, you know, that didn't know that, you know, he's known Kenny since he was 10, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as much as I do not care for him, I, I liked his promo. Uh, Kenny's promo. Uh, this is where we, we see, we should be touching on this because, you know, this was the whole mm-hmm. greater than the Montreal screw job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, not even. Not even the same ballpark, not even the same sport. Not the same city. <laughs> no. um, and, and I understand them saying this, but also when you're saying, oh, this is the most prestigious prize in all of professional wrestling. Of course they got to say that. Yeah, of course they got to say that. But but uh, overall, for, you know, I, I haven't, you know, I'm familiar with Kenny's kind of with the cleaner thing, but I haven't seen a lot of his work. I haven't seen a lot of the promos. So mm-hmm. for what it was, I like, I liked it. Okay. And you know, you guys kind of talked about how uh, he was kind of poking fun a little bit at the, at the character. So there's some evolution of the character. Yeah. That's awesome. Like for me, you know, again, this is something that I've talked about before with, with WWE doing uh, with AEW, not really doing where it's just, they just bring people in. And if you're not familiar with the history, you're not, yeah. It, it, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to you. So at least for, you know, not that I've seen a lot of Kenny stuff before, but at least I've got a year of Kenny Omega babyface body mm-hmm. of work that I can, you know, kind of that I'm used to. And now to see this, it's like, ah, okay. Like, like I said, this is what we've been waiting for. This is, you know, waiting for that heel character to kind of come out. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm, I'm buying in. Let, let's see what happens here. So now, now the only problem I have with the whole story here of their master plan. Okay. Yeah. So just just bear with me. So he's known Kenny since Kenny's 10 years old. And he's looked at him like he's an uncle. He's yeah. guiding him. Then they got this idea that they're going to conquer the world together subtly. Okay? So they go to New Japan. And he worms his way in there. And he kind of assists as much as he can to get Kenny the IWGP title. That's what he's kind of saying there. Yeah. Okay? Now this whole master sorry, plan. Sorry. Did he say to give the title? Or was it just that match with Jericho? Uh, no. To get It was... Uh, Oh, wait. Well, anyways, but here's the whole thing. I'm just okay. saying his his whole idea here is there's a plot that they have been hatching for years. Yeah. And the culmination of this plot 
is to steal the AEW world title. So they started a plot for a company that hadn't been born for four years to come, but they're back there making this super secret plot for a company that will come someday and then they'll unleash their thing and take the belt. That part just kind of made me go, what? Yeah, okay. All right. Well, you know what? I, that, I, that's fair. I agree with you. I think this is one of those things where, as a, uh, a recent guest of ours suggested, is let's see how this plays out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Elio. Thoughts? Uh, um- this was uh yeah this was uh, the same um, promo that he did on impact in different words i did like uh don Kelsey's promo like all the his backstory but yeah yeah um when he said like they've been planning this for years like how, how, do, they even, how do they even know aw was gonna even exist yeah they've it's been only been around a year but they've been making this plot for years together <laughs> It's because Don Callis is a goddamn psychic. 1-800-765, he'll read your fucking future. Well, what, was he in, what was he in WWE? What was the first thing when he had the, the little... Jackal. The Jackal. Yeah. Oh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, we'll quit making fun of this and we'll move on. <laughs> there was something I wanted to bring up about this. What the hell was it that I thought you got? Oh, do you guys remember when they did the little promo? And were we talking about this or was I talking to somebody else? But there was a pic... They, they cut to where Kenny Omega was staying. And he's like, this is not my home. I'm just here. Yes. And there was a picture on the, did you guys know who was in the picture frame? They finally revealed who that was. That was Kenny Omega's uncle. That was the, whoever the. The Golden Sheik. The Golden, now, did you know of the Golden Sheik? I mean, he's supposed to have been out of the Winnipeg area. Yeah, I I know the name, but I. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's who it was. It was, the picture was the Golden Sheik. It's Uh... like the thing. So, Okay. So let's move on now to uh, the main event. Uh, Orange Cassidy, MJF. Um, whew, okay. First of all, I'm going to say, enjoyed MJF a little more as wrestling in this one. Uh, I liked how he was so focused trying to hurt uh, Cassidy's hand a lot, take away the Superman punch. Or, or, sorry, what is he called? The, the, the orange, orange punch. punch. Orange, orange punch. punch. Orange yeah. punch. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I forget. Every time I hear those things, I just got to laugh. Um, so anyways, I like that about him. I like that part of the match. It seemed like we were seeing a, a more focused, uh, maybe he was trying to show the inner circle he could still wrestle. Um, the match uh, gets, uh, it gets to the point where Cassidy starts making his comeback, gets in two punches. The second one, uh, Wardlow kind of breaks up the count. I found it funny on the first time when he Superman punched uh, uh, MJF that it seemed like, um, what's his name? Sammy pointed out to the referee to break up the count. Did you guys notice that? It was Sammy that showed the referee that somebody was trying to yes. interfere in the thing. And then, so I thought, oh, is this, are they going to start a big brawl with each other? Um, then it, it went into uh, another exchange where Wardlow did actually try and interfere. Yeah. And uh, then they start, for some reason, the best friends just come running out and they're fist fight and everyone's going. And that too looked very awkward. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but it looked like a very phony fight that's 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 where this one that's where this whole match kind of broke down for me because like all the stuff happening on the outside like i was i was confused with everything that was going on around the ring and the thing is it it took away from the match well i did find it funny when they tried the whatchamacallit too the uh but here's the thing in wrestling andy if we're in the ring and you have a baseball bat and i 
flap down like I got hit, and the referee turns around and sees me. Don't you automatically stop the match because I'm holding a baseball bat? For fuck's sakes. <laughs> more more often than not, which is which is kind of a funny thing because it's like typically it's like, but if you didn't actually see it being used, right? But you make the noise that you flop. Yeah, the referee yeah, thinks yeah. It's that. Like you're selling it, and it's like oh, yeah. like you know whatever. You're knocked out, and the guy's holding it, going what? I oh, yeah. he's out cold, so you must have hit him with the bat. And that's yeah. that was Eddie Guerrero's bread and butter for how long? Yep. Yet the referee here decides to just take the bat and huck it into the, out of the <laughs> ring, which, okay, there's a bunch of guys out there. Why are you hucking it to them? But anyways, uh, I found that really dumb. Uh, then Miro comes out, lays out Orange Cassidy, like, pretty harshly. Um, MJF rolls over, takes the win. And then Miro goes insane on the yes. security people. And there was one dude, I don't know if he caught the dude, he threw him on his shoulders and dumped him off the stage. Yeah, that was yes. the There was guy. no table or anything there. That guy yeah. hit the freaking cement. I was like, I had to rewind. I was like, did he just kill that dude? Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I expect him. You know, you, you see any other company, there's always a table or something set up there that suspiciously shouldn't be there, but it's probably, you know. Uh, that was a cool, at the end, Miro really went to work on people. He looked like a freaking monster. That's the best he's looked since his debut. Well, you know what? That's the best he's looked, period, in AEW. But you know what? T- get Dress him better, because what he was wearing, he looked like a fucking clown running around. The like sweats that. in his Versace sweatshirt. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, man. At first, you, I, at first I was take like... Away from the monster? At first I was like, what, is that an ugly Christmas sweater he's wearing? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, too. <laughs> Andy, throw us in about this match, brother. Um... Okay, this was one, like, again, because I was trying to catch up. So I was trying to pay more attention to it because it was the main event, although it was still tough for me just because it's, it was Orange Cassidy. Yeah. And, I, and I, even as I'm like, like I'm skimming and fast-forwarding, I'm kind of thinking, wow, this match is going longer than I expected considering who's, you know, in? who's in it. But uh, I was able to pick up on the fact that uh, MJF, like you said, he was you know trying to work on the hand so I can always appreciate you know some good storytelling because that can draw me in and make a little more sense. Um yeah, at the end, I didn't see how Best Friends first came in, but kind of see them and kind of see everything going on kind of turned into like, what? And then even then, I kind of had to rewind just to see like, oh, okay, this happened and then the match ended. So um, I, I think it was just, you know, you're trying to give these two young guys the, well, not you know, we always have the ongoing debate if the last match is the main event match or not, but but you give these two guys kind of that spot for, for the ring, it's good to see, uh, you know, MJF get it because we kind of said it didn't really seem to make any sense that Orange Cassidy would get it. Like, why would he even care? Yeah. Um, so that was good. But for me, the the highlight, yeah, was, was Miro going crazy on everybody. And like, that's uh, the only thing that would have made it better is if he would have done it to Kip Saban too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, turned on him and beat the crap out of him. Yeah, and that. But uh, but I was I was happy to see that uh, like that that intensity, that emotion. That's mm-hmm. the monster that we we know and love. That is that Miro. That is Rusev. Yes, that's the one that we want. So uh, you like you said he had a good showing last week in the Battle Royal, uh, and now he's got this. So you know I don't know. Maybe it's maybe maybe AEW AEW's built him up enough now that we can start to push him. <laughs> okay, uh, what did you think, Elio? This match. This match, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I didn't mind this match. It wasn't bad. Uh, that one spot with the baseball bat. But like I said, uh, everything that happened on the outside kind mm-hmm. of took me out of the match a bit. It's like they were focusing on like 
it turned some almost into a lumberjack match type thing. Yeah, yeah, I got that feeling. I mean, I get the idea of the bait and switch. It just, uh, I don't know. There's just, it also didn't help that it looked like such a phony fight. You know, it took away from the intensity. Now, get this. Uh, I just had a, a thing pop up on my email telling me, uh, are you ready for this, Andy? You're going to love this. Uh-oh. They just signed for next week. Okay, you ready for this one? Uh-oh. Next week, the inner circle, Jericho, <laughs> Sammy, Santina, Ortiz, Wardlow, and MJF will face Top Flight, Cutler, Varsity Blondes, and the best friends in a seven-on-seven match next week. Why? <laughs> well, okay. Let's look at this. I get, okay, the inner circle. I get the best friends. Why the fuck the Varsity Blondes, Cutler, and Top Flight are in there as... That's a great reaction. Why? Because we're going to put these guys in the ring with us, so that's going to give them a rub and give them some credibility. Wow. Nope. And Cutler, why? Why the hell Cutler? Like, I does he even ever wrestle on Dynamite? Like, he's, he's, he's relegated to. Yeah, he's I, don't relegated. I don't even know who Cutler is. Brandon uh, Cutler, he was paired up with the uh, the librarian with Peter Avalon. Yeah, they, that's they how little you know of him. Dark. He he's never been on um, Dynamite since Andy's joined us. Yeah, he's he's like one of the young bucks' cool buddy friends that they hired. <laughs> he looks he basically looks like uh john silver but maybe like six inches taller <laughs> he's just a bald dude with uh, a beard who has no other like standout characteristics okay. he doesn't have a character he's just cutler that makes me want to tune in <laughs> yeah top flight they're probably thinking like what the fuck do we do why do we have to fight the inner circle <laughs> and uh varsity blondes wow you know that uh yeah. Um, what's his name? Tillman Jr. has just been hitting head enough that he'll fight anything. So he's cool. Yeah. So that'll be, I don't know if it's, the, I got to hope it's not the main event because I got to tell you guys, this week's main event, I don't think really we should have been the main event. There was a lot better matches on there. You know, I'd rather have seen FTR versus, uh, who the hell did they fight this week? Varsity uh, Blondes. Yeah. Blondes. You know what? That could have made a better main event. Yeah. You could have switched those two matches around. Okay, before we go and we get our ratings, there's one thing I just remembered I skipped over. And I just, how does this come across to you guys? But they cut to a little thing where FTR and Tully were there. And one of the FTR oh. says, man, I want to apologize to you guys. I screwed up. I t-. The third, second, you know, Tully comes in, no, guys, this is my fault. I should have been there. And then all of a sudden, you know, Dax comes in with the, we're like the grass cars, blah, blah, blah. How did that come across? Like to me, it came across as bizarre that anyone would talk like that. Yeah, it. I didn't really understand the point to it. I mean, it's funny because I mean that was you know that was my point to that match when it happened was it was like I didn't like the way that they kind of went away from that and maybe this is the story they're trying to tell. But especially to do that now, when how long ago was that match? Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks now. <sighs> <laughs> Welcome yeah. to Shakespeare Theater presents AEW Wrestling Dynamite. <laughs> no, if they if they had did, if they did it like the following week or something, mm-hmm. okay. But to do it like a month later, like yeah, it's been a while since they've uh, lost that match. So, uh, and just you know, I don't get it because th- didn't we just have them like a week or two talking about how yeah, Young Bucks, you were the better team that day. Uh, it doesn't exactly sound like the biggest heels around the block. Yeah. Or, or you we're know gonna what? get you next time. 
if, if if it was something where he was constantly harping, it's like, oh man, like I screwed up, I screwed up, I screwed yeah. up. But yeah, it's like you said, it's like it's something different every week. <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't know. Is it? I mean, is the master plan that we don't see that FTR is turning face and the young bucks are going bad? Because that would make sense then. I but I don't know. It's okay. Let's let's say though overall today's uh, today's dynamite. I'm going to say, I'm going to give this one a B. I, I thought it was, uh, there was some weak parts in it, but overall there really wasn't any time except for maybe the Dustin, the Dustin Rhodes match kind of threw me a bit. The main event for a main event was a little boring for a main event with a schmoz weird ending, but thank God Miro brought it around and really bolstered up some hope and some things. I'm trying not to be so critical so fans, I'm not going to be so elitist as I have been in the last while. I'm trying to look at this, not trying to take apart every little minutia to shit on. Instead, I'm going to try and give a little more hope. Like Andy says, let's see where some of this goes. This week, I'm going to give it a B. Elio? Yeah, um, that was uh, my original um, grade. I'm going to give it a, go with the B as well. All right. Andy, it's unfair for you to get a, a ranking yep. this week. Yep. But uh, what I do want to, though, say is from what you skimmed through and at the end of the show, did you feel like, ah, oh, this was a pretty good one or this was middle of the road or this Honestly, was a little weak? After listening to you guys talk and everything, before you guys said your ratings, in my head, I had a B minus. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, fans. Well, you know what? AEW Dynamite uh, has been on a much better track in the last month than it had been for the month before. So let's keep hoping that they, uh, and it's surprising because look at this dude, we got into today's uh, thing and there was still a ton of big, there was no John Moxley. We didn't see Kenny Omega fight. We didn't see Adam page fight. A lot of big name dudes who weren't on the card yet. They still delivered a fairly good uh, yeah. entertaining show tonight. Uh, not going to say I'm exactly happy about watching a 14 man tag match next week. With no purpose. With, yeah, with no, you know, I get, I mean, it's almost like if the inner circle doesn't turn on each other next week, what was the point of this effing match? You know, we'll see. I mean, Orange Cassidy's not even in it. Like, why isn't he in it? <laughs> you know, all of the inner circles here, including MJF, why isn't Orange Cassidy in this? He's the one who took the the, the, the ambush. So we'll see. Uh <laughs> Uh, anyways, Andy, anything you want to throw out before we head out right off into the sunset? No, I am ready to ride out into the sunset. Excellent. Elio, any last words for you before we uh, head out? Nope, I'm good. All right. Well, you know what, fans? Uh, uh, a, a, lot, a lot of us across Western Canada, we, we've got some sad news. Our Christmas has been canceled. I know me and Andy, uh, where we live, uh, we were just uh, informed that we we're going into uh, lockdown mode in Saturday for the next four weeks straight, which means that, that there's no Christmas parties, there's no New Year's parties, uh, no visiting people in Alberta. It means we can't even have, well, Andy can have two people, I guess, right, Andy? Yep. Because, you, yep. yeah, I can't have anybody visit me because I already have my wife and child. So it's going to be a bit of a sad Christmas. And I looked on a uh, opinion page today in my hometown and people were like, a woman posted up, Oh, the government's ruined our Christmas, blah, blah. And then someone else pretty much said, hey, you whiny bitch, shut the fuck up, blah, blah, blah. And they just escalated through this, right? So I'm sitting there reading this, like everyone else, getting your Michael Jackson meme where he's eating the popcorn, you know, <laughs> the thriller thing, you know. But then it occurred to me, and this is what I want to say to all you people, okay? This is going to be an unprecedented 
downer of a Christmas than we've had in a long time. We're all set up for it. Uh, they're, they're, all our choices are kind of being taken away for now. Uh, our chance to celebrate face to face. And let's face it, as human beings, we crave the company of others. Even if it's just to give your friend a hug, a high five, whatever. We crave that. We miss that. Now we're going into the time of the year where that's like a given and it's taken away. And it's going to be a tough one for all of us. And we could sit around and say, oh, fuck you and be dicks to each other and make it worse. Or or we could actually just try to be nicer to each other for a change. You know, I want to be able to go to my hometown. And even if I get in the car, the neighbors see me and just wave and say hi instead of act like I don't exist. Or if we're driving somewhere and somebody accidentally cuts ahead instead of me freaking out and giving them the finger or them growling at me that they just say, hey, sorry. And I'm just like, hey, it's cool. Would it be nice just this Christmas if we can just forget about all the politics, all the masks versus fake viruses versus whatever, whatever side people are on? It doesn't fucking matter, people. This Christmas, can't we just come together and just remember, we're all human beings. We're all in this together. Whatever country you're in, those are your citizens. Whatever town you're in, they're your town people. Just this Christmas, let's just forget it. We've got enough downer bullshit to deal with. Let's just try and be nice to each other. Let's try and put each other up. You see somebody down, try and do something nice. Because you know what? Each and every one of you have it in you. And you want to do it. And we're just told too many times that it's either too much work or we're dumb if we're doing it. Well, you know what? Who cares if somebody says you're dumb? You know you're not. Just be the better person. That's a challenge I want to throw out to you. Guys, you guys are my homies. I wish I could give you guys all a, a high five right now, whatever, but... You know what? I got two of the best co-hosts around and I look forward to twice a week. I get to hang out with these gentlemen, talk some wrestling, talk some shit that we love. And, uh, we're hoping that each and every one of you get a chance to listen to this and you get to feel the love in wrestling and, and share with us. And we'd like you to write in and we'd like to hear your opinions. And as you can see, you, I bet you if you go down and make a list, you'd probably find out there's at least 30 to 40% of the time where me and Andy are not on the same page about the way we see something. But you know what? There's not one time we belittle each other. There's not one time we try and force each other's opinion on each other. There's not one time we try and make each other look stupid. We respect the fact that we see things differently. And I'm not going to lie. Every time he tells me something that I don't agree with, I don't turn it off. I listen. And I just have just for myself. And there are times where I go, yeah, you know what? I didn't see that. And there's times where I'm like, no, I don't think he saw what I saw. And you know what? That's what this world's about. That's what makes it a better world because then it helps us grow and helps us be better people. So people watch wrestling, enjoy it, have some fun, find some good friends like I've got here, talk wrestling, live wrestling, be wrestling, and damn it, be good to each other. Elio, tell the people good night for us. Friends, we will talk to you all next week.